I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's that time of the week again. The Rugby League rant, fifth and last. Put on your headgear, chuck in your mouth guard and get ready for an hour of nothing but NRL tour. And another round is in the books, and Origin is upon us again. Team for Queensland was named yesterday before the conclusion of the round. New South Wales was basically all but known last night um, from arrivals in camp, and as always, there's leaks, but finalised today and confirmed. And at this stage in the season, looking at the results from the weekend, uh, a few more blowouts starting to come into the mix now when we see teams with injuries, Wearing down a little bit, sort of hitting a bit of a flat spot, and I think uh, the, the class or some of those teams are starting to get the whip out and try and separate themselves a bit. Yeah, there's a lot more impacting the teams, that's for sure, at this time of the year. You've got the impact of origin, fatigue, who's had buys, who hasn't had buys, travel, short turnarounds, long turnarounds. There's, yeah, there's a lot, I guess, it sort of comes into play this time of the year, so... We're starting to see that impact some and, and not others. Obviously, injuries as well. That's Yeah, and we, that's we know again off the back of a World Cup or a couple of long years, like we said, in COVID, there was going to be different ramifications for all. Um, I think the other point you just made, I looked at the buyers more looking at Brisbane, who hadn't had a buyer yet. And the it's fact strange. That, it, like, we're the same in New South Wales Cup. I know I said this about a month ago that we, we've had two in New South Wales Cup and there's teams, like we play Parramatta this weekend, they still haven't had one. I just don't know how you can't just have everyone have had a buy and then everyone has two buys. That's what I didn't understand about your one. You, you had two in the first nine weeks, but yeah. also as a club like you well, guys... Well, we played I'll, seven games and had two buys. That's what I mean. I wouldn't want yeah. to have my buys that early because you generally know yeah. further down the road. And they're not even aligned with um, the NRL buys either, which is, again, really, really strange because you've got you know some of the players wanting to go away, others that can't because you know they might be coming back from injury through New South Wales Cup. So... I, the more alignment they can create with buyers between the lower tier competitions, I think it'd be beneficial as well. Well, you look at Brisbane, and that was the big one for me the other night. They get another win. They're eleven and four, and they've got all three buyers up their sleeve. Yeah. So they've technically only got nine games of football left for the rest of the year. It's ridiculous, isn't it? Um, on their side of things, I guess you, you cheer, and like I said, in this period in particular, and we'll get to that in the reviews. It's been huge for them that they've won three in a row during the origin period. Mm. They've gone to New Zealand under me and got the job done. They've come down to the prison with most of their players having to back up, got into a dogfight with the Sharks and got the job done. And then the other night, whether tired, underdone, or thinking it was going to be easy against Newcastle, looked like they were all but done, but they find a way to steal at the end. Yeah. And you look at those results for them and go, well, you'd be bloody cheering if you're the Broncos. You're 11 in the bank. Three rests coming up. You can sort of manage your ways through the back end of the year with that, knowing that you've done all the hard work. And unlike last year... It's oh, it's easy to say right now. It's impossible for them to miss the finals. They'd have to basically lose every single game. Yeah, well, yeah. 
They've played 15. They've got nine left. 12 generally gets you in. They, they only have to win probably two or three more if you want to get real narky, depending on what the bottom of the eight looks like. But realistically, they're, they're in. You would think so. They're all confirmed. But, um, yeah, the, the buy situation still weirds me out more for the fact that I was like, who has the last few buys? So, like, Parramatta, who are going to be a team who need to come home strong, they're going to buy in the last round. So if they get healthy at the back end of the year, then get a rest before finals, could be great. Souths are another one with a big toll with origin injuries and that who've banked some good wins. They've got the buy in the second last round. So when you're looking at some of these teams, Brisbane, their last buy is two weeks before the finals, which I think is ideal. Yeah, it is. You can manage your way through origin, win some more games, get a break, and then you've got two weeks to get yourself kind of going again. Like In terms of teams like them and sort of the planning, like the Cowboys are going to have to come over the wet sale, but they've got one with a few weeks left to go. Uh, where Dogs 23, there you'd say they're not a factor. Warriors around 22, they could get a buy probably a month out, which would be good with the way they're going so far. So looking at how the balance has sort of worked out here, in particular those last four or five buys, um, I, I just think how they've all panned out. Like if you're the Dragons in round one, it's just a waste. I know someone's going to get it with a 17-team competition, yeah. but like I couldn't think of a worse time to have my buy unless you were coming into the season with injuries underdone or feeling that you need an extra week. Um, but yeah this show brought to you by bluebet.com.au if you're going to have a bet with anyone do it with the true blue bookie download the app today or visit the website and after winning four in a row and then losing four in a row back on the board got one um, and of all the games to pick I don't know why I just thought that Teddy would want to have a red hot crack again up against Dylan Edwards he he was okay he, he you know, he certainly tried hard in a team that was fairly well beaten, but backed him to score a try, and he jagged $93.50 to take the total for the charity account to $775.50. So, yeah. not good by the Roosters, but thank you, Teddy. Really appreciate that. But Thanks, Teddy. Uh, mate, the set of six again, most of the topics will merge in to what we're doing uh, with our review, so we'll leave that for now, and we will do our power rankings brought to you by the... Penrith Solar Centre. There is no one better than Jake and the crew there, so don't be sidelined by rising power bills this season. Give them a call on 1800 20 29 30 or visit penrithsolar.com.au today. Number one, uh, I've got Brisbane. I've got the Panthers. Yep. They played very, very well off the back of that, and that's why I've got them at number two. Yeah. Broncos at two for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've got South at three, but again, you look at the toll they had on the weekend, they still almost pulled out of the fire at the end. Yeah, I've slid them back a little bit. Uh, Just for three. Four or five missing. Um, four, got the Warriors bumped up there, and I think deservedly so. Yeah, me too. Oh, very, very good. Uh, and a huge occasion with a lot of pressure against them. Five, I've got the Storm. Big response. Yeah, I found this one really... The rest of them I found really, really hard. Yeah, you can shut so much mixed form, but come finals time, like, who do I really want to... Who do I really think will be there when the whips are cracking? And it is Melbourne, for mm-hmm. sure. Uh, Another I'd rank below them. I've got the Raiders at six. It was disappointing, but they've obviously got eight wins and they've all been close. But I've sort of been waiting for a game like this because there's a few results there. I wouldn't say they were lucky to get, but I thought, you know, when you're in those close games all the time, um, you know, you're not going to pull them all out of the fire. But Warriors well and truly accounted for them the other night. Yeah, I've got Cronulla and then I've got Canberra at seven. Yeah, I've got Cronulla at seven. Um, the, the Brisbane game was a little bit disappointing, but the weekend against Melbourne was very disappointing. Mm. And my worries continue about them and they're 0-6 against top eight teams this year. It's a bit of a trend that happened last year as well, which isn't great because at the end of the day, that's who you've got to beat to progress in the finals or to have any chance in this competition. Yep. Uh, and number eight, I know they had the week off and there's a few teams that did play, but I left the Cowboys there. Could have Cowboys thought. at eight? Yep. Yeah, no, I can't do that. 
I'll, uh, I'll stick Manly there. Yeah, I thought about the Eels and Manly, but I'm going to go with the Cowboys. I think they're about yeah, to build Eels in. win this weekend. They'll be in my power rankings next week. I'll bump Manly out. A few go. of those teams in the... Like, Broncos got a buy, Rabbitohs got a buy, Warriors got a buy, Raiders got a buy, so there won't be much change in that order next week. Nah, the short round. Uh, heading into the origin and that. Thank you to Penrith Soul Centre, Jake and the crew again. If you want to visit their site, if you're interested and see the man with the name of the company on the roof, the Elon of Penrith, 138 Bat Street, Jamison Town, Penrith Solar Centre. Uh, uh, the Origin teams will do before we do the reviews. I guess for Queensland, we're not surprised because we had names that we could toss up, but theirs were forced. So with Gilbert out, with Arrow out, and then Cobbo last minute sort of talking to Slater about the hit pointer and not being 100%. Uh, the options were there. I'm not... Can't say I'm surprised by uh, Mo Fotoeka. I think he's formed now as compared to a few years ago and, again, has been good the whole time. I think, if anything, for a middle with leg speed and a bit more impact, it's, it might be an upgrade in that, that role. Mm. Uh, Nenai straight in after one game. I know there was a lot of talk about how he looked probably fitter and fresher last week. you got to think, it's a 19-year-old kid who come off a World Cup in a big year who probably had no off-season. So they've probably been belting him for a month and he's probably more likely in playing condition now. Um, do you take much away from a huge win over Melbourne where everybody played well? I don't know. But they've clearly gone the upside rather than Felice after a month. Felice has been named in Queensland Cup. Yeah? Yep. Or maybe Wayne... Well, they've got the bye this week, don't they? Mm. Mm. Well, he's getting a game under his belt. So you've got to think, he's been suspended for seven games this season, hasn't he? I don't know. I'm pretty sure. Didn't, didn't the Jackson Hastings one that we sort of disagreed yeah, on get him three or four he's weeks? He's been suspended for a while, yeah. And then he copped three this time. So he's copped seven games of suspensions this year alone. Uh, a lot of people thought that would be... I think Wayne's just off it, off I'd, his discipline, so... Yeah, well, they've got the bye this week as well, so it's a run. Mm. But um thought he might have been in the mix, but I, the one who I did like was Sue. I thought he played again well on the weekend, but I've got no problem with Neno. I guess it's just, you know... Yeah, it's... Taking it's the upside gas. of him. It's engine. Because you got the... K's in the leagues. And I think defensively... I don't think he'll start. That's my... You reckon I'll go Cotter? Maybe. Cotter started as the middle. That was going to be my point there. If they worry about him defensively, because out of those three, Felice, Sua, and Nenai, I think if anyone's more likely to come up with a blunder in D, it's Nenai. But they showed in the last game, if that's a problem, they'll roll Cotter there. Yeah, I think what might happen is they might um, start Cotter. Well, they started and him then when they bring um when they bring Lindsay Collins off... Move Cotter into the middle and bring Nano on. Hmm. Well, see, I, I, I like the flip last time, but this time he hasn't. He's just got Tino there straight up. But they've got an option if something goes awry there. He plugged Cotter in there last time. Yeah, um, they made some changes as well like, late. So what they named wasn't what how they ran out last game either. So. No, and I guess that was the question about last game was edge cover. What do they do in that situation? But he showed yeah. that with Cotter, he's got someone who can at least defend there, not so much attack there, and hold the fort if need be. And the last one was Coates, similar deal again. I thought this might have been Gagai's window back in because I know defensively in the centre he hasn't been great, but his carry and his aggression, um, he's been pretty good, but he's gone with Coates from Melbourne. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah, I was a bit surprised he didn't get picked in the first game, but... Yeah, see, I've heard, I've heard differing opinions on this. that they'd Over Tulangi. Some would prefer him even over... Cobbo, and I, I don't agree with that at all. Like, I watch Coates most weeks. No, and... I, I probably would have gone Coates and Cobbo. Oh, game picked, one. Yeah. But well, he, he was certainly proved. loyal last year until like it was excellent game one. Mm. So that was, I was wrong to even think that. 
but oh, yeah, it just shows the, he was in the he was in line. He's a good target time. for the air high kick. He's a good finisher. I just think out of a yardage carry, I would have preferred Ode to a Gagai. I think Coates, particularly watching Melbourne most weeks, he does have a habit of running too upright and getting wheelbarrowed. Um, but he certainly will be a kick throw. He's a big sure. unit, yeah. So, and on top of that, I say that he's still only I think twenty two. He's a baby. Yeah. So they're looking at upside, I guess, with him and then I in that regard. New South Wales, an absolute swag of changes. Um, and there was a lot of talk. But a lot of them were forced, really. Well, there is some force. RP breaking his jaw, obviously, set on a bit more of a domino effect. We know that Cleary, obviously, missing. Um, Nico, that sort of whole thing goes back to, I guess, more the point that we've sort of made before. Like, Madison gets one game, he's out. Ranking Campbell Gillard gets a game. He's out. Like, if, if you were going to pick him... You're... I think they've just made the... They've read the tea leaves. Like, he's mm. not a 14. Pick him at six yeah. or seven or don't play him at all, which That's is what we said pretty serious. Like, I would have picked him. Yeah, but this is my point. A lot of people were going, him. the weekend was the audition. I'm like, well, they've had him in camp for two years. They've all been talking about him. They brought him in for game one. Like, everything basically pointed to the fact that he was next man up. Yeah, you and don't, then, I don't think you win or lose trust. Like, certainly not in one game. as a coach. But Freddie's quote today was, mm-hmm. oh, you know, they haven't been that great the last two weeks. And, you know, basically okay. saying that he needs to go back and play a little better and worry about Cronulla. It's like, well... Why bring if we're in? picking the game, picking it on form, then Tedesco shouldn't be the fullback. If well, you really want to make that argument and go on form, it just depends on. And this is where Freddie needs to be careful because you can't apply different standards across different positions. So if he's going to use form as an excuse, there's a few players there, you know, on form that probably have others ahead of them. If you're going to, you know, look at it from that perspective as a New South Wales fan. Uh, I, I, like I'm all for Tedesco playing. I I don't think he'll be moved on. Potentially, if we lose this game and he has a shocker. Well, the quote was that he's the New South Wales captain. It's probably probably a bad example for me to suggest that. But yeah, I... quote was after settling Moses halfback, Fitler had to decide to go with two hookers rather than utility, and he told Hines he would get another opportunity. But he that's said, not the point. He said he had a tough couple. He had a tough couple of weeks. There's a lot around Nico at the moment. He's been doing an incredible job off the field. The Sharks are where they are at the moment. They're great some weeks and not great other weeks. Well, like again, off that logic, why'd you pick him in game but the one? The point. The point is right. If you pick him as your 14 in game one, you're saying theoretically that he's the next man up if exactly. someone goes down in the halves. Or, Nathan Cleary went down in the halves. That's the point. Moses wasn't there for you. I know it wasn't a utility role, but you've essentially put him there. Um, and there's a lot of media attention to Nico here. A lot of pressure going down to Melbourne. It just didn't work out. So it's best, especially this week and next week, to give him some time to get back to Cronulla and get it right. <coughs> okay. I but, disagree. But I look at that game again, and a lot of people in the weekend were like, oh, he was terrible. They were terrible as a whole. And as a half, it's pretty hard to have an impact on a game when you make completed 63% and get barrage the way they did. Like, I don't put that all on Nico. But it's that point again, like, Madison gets that game. He, he didn't play well on the weekend. There's I know no, he didn't play well. There's they no didn't play well as that, a whole. But my point is, that's irrelevant. If you trust him and you believe pre-series... Don't bring him in and then do this. That's sort of what I'm looking that at. He was, the, he was in the mix and he would have been in the team if someone went down. Then you've got to pull the trigger on it and trust your instincts. I feel as though the game one result has impacted who he's put in the team. It's like the game one result has then put him in a mindset of, well, I'm going to pick the team on form, which certainly wasn't the approach heading into game one. Anyway, yeah, I, it's finding it hard to, to make sense of, of some of it, but yeah, I'll support the team. 
Mm. Well, Cook obviously comes in. They've got Reese Robson on debut, so their thought process there. Yeah, I love that selection. Is two nines, and also the fact that he's a big body, he can push he can out the lock. Name. He's done yeah. it before. Yeah, well, he's done it multiple times. Yeah. Um, so they've got him there in that role. Brandy sort of hinted at before, which generally when he does, it always means it's going to happen that he could potentially start, and they use him. Well, I would start him. I would too. I Cook's would. probably the one to bring off the bench yeah. in his legs. After twenty five minutes, I'd put Cook on. I'd put Murray on, and then. You know, if, if in the first 25 minutes you're going to play Penrith ball, as in you're going to have Yo at 13 and play that sort of swing shape where they're, they're playing a lot off Yo out the back of it, sort of short passing and hitting edge back rollers and halves, I'd like to see them then play down short sides on the back of it and avoid the middle of the field as, as often as they can. And then put Cook on, put Murray on, get Tedesco in the middle of the field and play through them. Yeah, Pungai is the other one gone after one game. Have a plan about what we're doing because I, I feel as though game one, I, I couldn't work out what the plan was. No, I couldn't work out the plan and couldn't work out the interchange plan. Um, but Pungai is the other one gone. You two command comes into that spot. I wouldn't have picked Pungai and that's, you know, he didn't have his best game, but nothing surprised me what he did. Like, he didn't have a great game yesterday for the Bulldogs. So no, I don't got- think he was getting it done at club level. So I wasn't surprised he didn't get it done at origin level. It was that one we talked about. He's the guy with all the ability in the world and the potential. And they oh, picked I don't him want to bag it. I don't want to make no, it personal. No, no. I'm talking about we're club forms didn't, didn't... But that's what we're talking about, the pick. The pick was almost like, well, this guy's ability is in up to In my opinion. Yeah. It didn't warrant selection. But the whole warrant on their pick was almost to that point. Like, oh, he has this potential. And we're seeing this. It's like, well, we've been waiting seven or eight years to see that delivered consistently. Yeah. And then in an origin arena, his first stint wasn't terrible, but the second stint... Uh, obviously come up with a couple of moments that didn't help and then Moses picked him a couple of times yesterday mm. rushing out and being a little bit over keen and letting a couple of those tries probably the issue I've got is you've got, you got Paulo, Haas, Cook, Frizzell, Young, Yo okay, cool so you took Amanu he's your prop he's going to roll on at prop Cameron Murray where does he play? If Yo's going to play 13 the whole game plays on an edge he's not an edge well, this, this is my Liam point Murray. again. Uh, Liam Martin, Liam Murray. Liam Martin. Well, you've got another problem. Is he going to play on an edge or is he going to go into the middle? Are they going to do what they did with Hudson and playing for 30 and then swap someone over and put Martin on? Or are they going to start Martin and move either Frizzell or Hudson Young back to the bench? I, I could see a world where they move Martin into the starting side or they play Martin as a middle. I'd just play Martin as a middle. Or I'd play Martin and then move Frizzell to the bench and play Frizzell as a middle. Well, Frizzell can certainly play middle and edge. He, like I said, he used to play that role for Australia off the bench. And he's definitely got the legs. I know for that. Him. I'd prefer him in that role. I'd prefer that, to play I, Martin. So that's my whole point game one, is if you were going to steal an interchange with the thought they were going to do with the back row, Frizzell would have been the one I rolled in, and he plays right, and Martin plays right at club. Mm. And that would have made sense to me to steal a change, get 25 or 30 out of him, roll Martin on the field, play Frizzell, and then you've got an extra there. My, my biggest concern, the names you just mentioned, number one is the interchange plan again, how that's going to pan out. That always worries me. But I'm also now worried that Murray's coming in with their physio, underdone, not 100%. Liam Martin, they're not even sure he's good to go yet. They're going to push to obviously get him cleared and ready to go He'll play. by game time. Latrell's still no guarantee. And the other thing is the male, like you said, around Walker that you had heard about, and I'd heard something similar, was more around that injury that he wouldn't be able to run until game day. So I, I still don't know whether that would have pushed Louis out after the way he played on the well, weekend. That, that's the male that I had. That, yeah, that would have worked, but... Walker was in the team if he could train, and he couldn't train. When he said that, like, I'm, I'm game one, we were talking about similar. Like, we went in with surprised Tommy. me because I think Luai did as much as he possibly could to hold his spot. Mm. And he's and I'm neither here nor there with Luai. Like, I, I can, 
I don't like a lot of what he does in terms of the way he plays and the way he, the, the bravado and the, the ego and the confidence and all that. But that's me personally. That's a personal opinion. Like I coached him for a long time, and he's a he's an unreal kid. Like that's all that's all good. I, as a as a player, I think he's got some maturing to do. But you know, I felt like he did that over the last two weeks. He he showed some really good signs of maturity while Nathan was out, and I think he's probably one that. When Nathan went down, Freddie's probably thinking, okay, well, I'm looking for two halves here. And just the way that Jerome handled that next game and a half gave Freddie the confidence to go, there's no way. I, like, I can't not pick him. Mm. Which, to me, made more sense than then pick Hines. If you're going to stick with Law, I, I would have just stuck with Hines and just gone slot straight in. Both guys are in camp. Both guys, guys know the way you want to play. This also went to the point we made last week, though. That Less change, right? He, he would want a primary kicker. So I think with there we thought Reynolds or Moses would be the two that they look at. Yeah, so they, they've they gone with a primary kicker. They could have got the kicking done. Yeah. Anyway. And then I, I guess the other. I would side. have gone, but like I would have gone Burton and Hines. That 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 would have. They would have been Burton's my half. Been period. playing that well to deserve to play in the halves. I don't even think he's playing that well as a half of his own club, especially as a seven. Yeah. I, see, I think he is. I, 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 think, I don't think he's I getting think a lot. At of, this, this I level. think he can look at the results and he can say that. But I, if I think you actually this, watch him play, he's playing well, essentially without another half. I watched him play yesterday, and you know the well, kid, the other kids, learning in first grade, and I thought they were learning how to play seven. Yeah, that's what I mean. But I, I think even as a six, he needs a dominant seven. I wanted him. I wanted him at uh, uh, six. At rep level, seven. I'd prefer him as a centre or a utility. At this point yeah, in time, so I, I wouldn't throw I would him really in. liked him as a six. I wouldn't be confident to send him to Suncorp. Yeah, in an okay. aside, I have to play in the halves when I don't even think he's doing that good a job at club. And again, I know his partner hasn't been ideal right now, and they don't have Kikia and a few others. But compared to the options we have with Cody Reynolds, Hines, I would have picked all those guys before I thought about Burton as a half playing in a decide, uh, like a deciding series game. That's cool. I've got my That's reasons awesome. for saying that. I'm, hmm. I'm perfectly comfortable with the reasons why I would play Burton because I I feel as though Queensland are going to stand offside. They're going to intimidate. It's going to be loud. We're probably going to spend the first 20, 25 minutes inside our own 40 for a lot of it. We're going to get penalised uh, and they're going to try and bash the fuck out of us. I feel as though we're going to need someone to really be able to put the ball, kick the ball a long way. I mean, I feel like he's the man to do that. I feel like he's a bigger body. He's a better run threat. He's good defensively. They're just my reasons because it's more around the style of game and what what we need. Uh, yeah. Well, if you, if you were doing that again for me, he's six, and you have to have Reynolds. I would have had him at six. That's where I would have picked him but at six. I would have picked Hines at seven. That's me. Hmm. Well, yeah, I'll be interested to see what he does with the back row. He's stuck with the same back row. I hope he doesn't have the same interchange blend that he did for game one. That worries me. Hmm. If he's going to play Hudson for twenty, twenty-five, thirty again, and then lose it because of one error, and you know the strip which. If, I would have also I would have named Robson at nine and had Cook on the bench. I would have started Murray, and I would have started Martin. Well, that's probably the interesting thing. If any of these, I guys, would have picked my best baseball bats Ford pack and gone fuck you. Like if you want to play that way, mm. here we go. Well, we know I'm picking. I'm picking my best baseball bat team. Critter was pretty. To bring him and whack him back with it. Critter was pretty good game one. He's 18th, so if the trail pulls out, naturally I guess he comes straight back in. 19th this time was Kyle Matungi who. Hit, the weekend was a bit difficult with who they were missing mm. defensively on their edges, but he's been good since he's been back from injury. So if something happened there back row-wise, I guess 
you've got a similar point, but he's also played middle for them and they've got injuries. They've just rolled him to 13. So I've got no problem with him if he comes in. A lot of, like, and a lot of people I've spoken to in and around different clubs and guys that know their footy, they, they, they tend to disagree with me. They, they feel as though the game's going to be dry track, open footy for the first sort of 20, 25 minutes. So a lot of people sort of disagree. They'd have Yo starting. My gut feel is just that I'd have Murray starting and Martin starting. I just feel like that's the type of game that it's going to be. I could be completely wrong, and I'll own it if I am wrong. So we'll see what plays out. Mm. A little bit of talk coming to this week was, you know, would they go with someone like a Finucane or we need someone like that? I, again, I think he's no. past this arena, and there's no way I would have looked at him. I don't think he's been playing that well for Cronulla. Like, Lee Martin scares me. Reese Robin... Robert, uh, Reese Robson scares me. Mm. Like Murray scares me. They're physical. They're strong. We wondered about Regan. He made a good return feet. yesterday. He was good, but they've obviously again like gone with you two, uh, you toy because he's been playing. A bit I more feel minutes. like he's been playing good footy too. He has been playing good footy. I said it after game one. Like I, f- I feel like if we needed a middle, and I would have dropped Pangai Junior and put him in. So I'm glad they've made that move. Mm. I guess the other question. I could have. I could have easily put Kalawamatangi on as well, but. Again, you then you pick him back rollers. I feel like it's just good to have you took a Manu and then to have the just the three out and out props. I think to have four props would be a mistake mm. because I heart like I'd, I'd be letting Haas play. You know, it's probably sixty five. I'd be letting Paulo play fifty five, sixty. Paulo can't play thirty again. He's going to play more. And mm. Haas got fifty, fifty five. He could easily go another five or ten. Yeah. Right circumstances. Utah is the one out of anyone. You only want that similar role. Just a thirty minutes. Spin out just of him, yeah. two good bumps. Mm. You got one role for your hookers, I guess. Robson, you might go thirty if things are going well, and then roll cooking for the rest of the game. Just but. two two fifteen minute spells for Yutukamano. And then that. same deal with Martin. If unless they want him as a middle purely, which I got no problem with because you've got Murray, like you said, and mm. Martin. Well, there was a little bit of time there where they played Murray, Yo. And Paulo in the first game, like in the middle. I, I just don't see the benefit in that. Mm. The other one there uh, got mentioned was, you know, did you think they ever really did consider Reynolds? Or a lot of people suspect that Moses knew before the week and was confident yesterday that it was all yeah, you know, sort of locked up. Um, I don't think so. Yeah, I, I, I think if they knew, if Walker was healthy and they were going to go that way, I think Reynolds would have been in bigger, bigger consideration. But... I thought what Phil Gould said last night on... Hundred percent footy. I saw a replay of it today, or saw yeah, a quote. Yeah, he said he's a bit older. He probably yeah, just have the zip in his legs. The legs for like, that yeah, sort of that, game. That's, that's a valid point. He's at the back end of his career. But geez, I, yeah, you know. On the other hand, you've seen guys like Joey Johns and Freddie Fitler and that come in late in their careers and have a good impact. Alfie Langer for Queensland. You know, I don't know whether the game is still that's still relevant in the modern mm. game, but well, I think my biggest issue with him is what happened on the weekend. I still there think... are instances where it's where it has been successful. Mm. I still think he's someone defensively that scares me. This was a a line, of course, yeah, of course, or an argument we had years ago when Cleary first came in. A lot of people are like, how come Reynolds isn't before him? And I'm like, well, in that arena, whether you like it or not, if there's one thing I want my halves to be, it's solid in defence. And yeah, if there's one thing that. that Reynolds does scare me at times, he is someone you can run over or isolate and. They yeah. got him a couple of times over the weekend, and he did come up with some good plays too, don't get me wrong. Yeah, um, but, like Moses, yeah, can you spot up Moses? Can you run at Moses? Yes, but does he put himself in front? Yeah, I think yeah, he, he gets in front, so he does his job there. Um, so, at the end of the day, as a New South Welshman, my confidence was pretty much 
gone once we lost game one and headed up there, but I can't say I'm really surprised by many things that have happened, if I'm being honest. And mm. I guess my, my biggest worry, if anything, I hope they go up there and have a red-hot crack, but it's just the hell for those few guys leading into it. I hope we don't have any last-minute changes again or scramble. I hope this team, as is in particular Latrell, I think Latrell is a huge, huge in if he's ready to go and fight up and has his head on. I think he could be the difference between us having any chance in this game or not. We lacked a player of yep. that quality in game one or someone that could literally, I think, thrive in that type of environment. If there's somebody I think would go out there and give the old fuck you to the crowd and really embrace the hate, I think the Trolls one person I think would just thrive in that arena. Yeah, so, I agree with that. Um, I'm hoping He's that's an absolute game changer if he's fit. And same as a guy like Hudson, like give him a chance to actually let it sink in. I think, again, in that absolute dogfight and arena and just people spitting and throwing four at you, yeah? Yeah. that's the sort of person I just want to leave out there and actually give him a chance this tour. Yeah. Because why not? If, if you've gone all in again and let it, picked him and you're going to start him, you've got to give him a crap. Because if you do this shit again with 25, 30 minutes and pull him over, what, what are you doing? Mm. You might as well have not picked him. So. Yeah, uh, and again, like I said, this is the thing. If you're a Queensland, you're probably going, fuck, you've talked about that. But we don't really need to say much for you guys. They they knew what they want to do in game one. They look like they know what they want to do again. The changes all naturally fit. The one that I'm biggest on particular, like I said, I reckon Mawiaki, probably an upgrade on the bench in terms of league speed and impact. He's been outstanding. Um, yeah, and I think we know what we're going to get from them. I, I think it's more what you said. Baseball bats, kick control, play early get themselves out of yardage and just take their moments. And if Munster was any indication of the way he wanted to play the other night, he had 27 runs for Melbourne, was just all over the joint. Same deal. If you want someone who just feed off what's going up at Suncorp, it'll be Munster. Yeah. And if yeah. they let him get going early and he gets the confidence in his running game, which he does, when he when he gets like that, he's like fucking Super Mario when you run into the star <laughs> and people just start bouncing off him. And that's not a good thing. Yeah. So I hope they do a better job earlier. Probably the other point, they talked a big game about getting Walsh last time. He got a bit of swag under his belt and so New South Wales think they're in the game and they're entitled to it. I hope that this time around, they always say that they get the bulletin board material that some of our side of the fence actually, you know, live up to the words that they spoke hmm. and go after him. That'd be yeah. nice. So, going to be very interesting, that's for sure. But looking forward to it. Um, we'll do the re oh, sorry, not review, the preview for game two. At the conclusion of this round again, you reckon? Sunday night? Uh, when do we play this week? We play Saturday, yeah. I'll freeze a bird. So we'll do the same thing that we did last time. We'll uh, review the short round 16 and preview Origin 2 Sunday night. So we'll leave the Origin... What uh, what games are on uh, Sorry, Sunday that was probably the other thing I was going to say. A lot of people were big on Horsburgh as well. Uh, he's obviously in 19th. Mm. And AJ Brimson, naturally, 18th man this time. Played excellent on the weekend. Has been there before, and Tommy Dearden's got a club game this time around. So only one game on Sunday this week. Um, yeah, I, I guess the only other person speaking out of those positions. People still kept mentioning Kate. Well, I heard his name mentioned on radio a couple of times. He's not playing well enough to be playing in the back row. Yeah, I agree. There's like I said, I'd take Sua, Felice, even off the few weeks off. There's other options, and Welch from Melbourne. Like he kept getting mentioned. I know he's been there before, but even as a Melbourne fan, there's no way I would have picked Welch, and then he got suspended anyway. So. Mm. He's out of the mix. Um, but interesting to watch Ponga and Walsh go at each other the weekend, but we'll get to that when we review the games from the weekend, which we will do now. Thanks to Sinclair, Hyundai, Penrith, Toby, and the team there. If you're looking to get yourself a new set of wheels, head down to the corner of Jemis, oh, sorry, York Road and Bat Street, Penrith. 
or visit sinclairhyundai.com.au, their Facebook or the Instagram, or 47600603. Let Toby and the team get you moving. Sinclair Hyundai. Penrith, Boxhead, the Titans, 28-12. They do have a second half in them. Against the Tigers, I do. Yeah. Oh. It was, it was okay. Yeah. You can only beat us in front of you. And I, they've been pretty good the last six weeks. So, I think the RP injury early certainly was a big moment in the game. And I know a lot of people were talking about this one. I'll ask your opinion. Did you have a problem with it? Uh, I, I did. Yeah, you did? I did. Well, I thought the Marnie, the Marnie one was worse than what he did the other night. The other one, night was just bumpers. Yeah, I, I can see both sides. I can see the point that it's like, well, Appy's a smaller man. He gets himself in a position where he's in front of him. Mm. And he exposes himself to that contact. I, and we're I talking agree with that. Six six and fight like I agree know. with that, and I can see that point. You can't run with your arms. But the other, no, I'm, and I'm not asking him to. No. But I feel as though in both of them there was an extension of the arm, yeah, like a bump out of the arm. So I thought the bulldog, the one against Marnie, was like pretty blatant. Yeah, so did I. But this I one I didn't look at and think as much. And then I heard people again. I know it's segueing. People straight away got angry about Jared's on the weekend. I'm like, that's just shit technique where Moses is coming from the side and copped the bumper after the initial hit where he's got his bumpers up and his eyes are closed. And I didn't have a problem with that one. Are talking about Lee Martin's one? No. Moss there bumped oh, his head yeah, yeah. because the initial hit was someone else on the yeah. side and his bumpers are up. But the way he's come flying in from the side yeah. of his head, he's just copped a bit of crossfire. And people straight after it because it was Jared. And that was a point I made the other week. Like, Jared's been doing this stuff for 10, 15 years, as do most front rows. Mm. And I, I think you could go back and find a nice highlight reel of plenty of people getting cracked. I know it's a horrible result, but this is also another. Yeah, I, I found this one really hard when I when I looked at it, and yeah, trying to find like because I, I feel as though as a game we're always just trying to I know blame that. someone. Yeah, like straight away we want to blame someone and we want to, you know, and then you've got the other side who are like, oh, that's the fucking game and that's the way the game is and. You know, it's tough, and where do you want him to go? His arm can't disappear, like the old school sort of argument. And I understand that as well, because it is a tough sport, and it's a physical game, and you've got guys that, you know, are going at 100 miles an hour at high intensity, and you've got big man on little man, and things happen. And I don't think there was intent, but I feel as though there was intent to try and break the tackle, and inadvertently, I feel like he's hit him in the head so, uh, yeah, I sort of just question uh, if it was an accident defending. So if he hit Tino hit Appy high and broke his jaw, defending he gets suspended. He gets suspended. This is the but point. But he does I've, it accidentally with the ball. This is the point I've made before. Though, but so and then I think everyone says the junior how, cares about the defender. You, how, how do you then say to Tino, mate, you're suspended because you broke his jaw? Are we are we reacting to? Well, the injury or reacting to the action? Because live watching Did the it. action warrant a penalty? I think it probably did. I think it warranted a penalty. Because he made contact with his head and I felt as though the movement, there was a movement there that was probably deliberate. But do I think he should have been suspended, sent off as a result of the injury? No. But that's, again, like you, like you just this said This is that. me. I'm, not, I'm talking about what I think. I'm not talking about... You know, the influence of anyone else or what's nah. been said on the weekend. I'm just watching it from... And I'm talking from my gut, like what, what my gut tells me. And I, yeah, I do think we're going to move to a space where that probably is going to be a penalty and there are going to be consequences for 
Well, my only thing is if, for that? If, if we're going to start getting to the point where you literally can't run aggressively with bumpers, I think there's going to be a lot of people suspended sitting down. And we again, mm. we're talking about the concussion no, side I, of things. Like, I completely agree with the that. Game, we may as well start playing all stuff. My point and is I'm not trying that. to go the old school, old school, like where it's like, oh, that's all bullshit. I'm just like, well, as long as there, there doesn't seem to be a natural overextension or intent to hit the head, like when you carry, mm. it, it is fairly unpredictable. You know yourself when you get a footy, you're charging into a line, there's people everywhere last-minute footwork or a change of direction. Like, it doesn't take much for you to cave someone's face in or have a head clash or... or but that That's an argument a lot of people made. Like, all the duty of care is always on the defender. It's the defender's job because they're going after our... And it's like, well, where's the... You know, where's that side of things with the guy with the ball? Yeah. Look, but, I'm, a, I'm a Titans fan, and so no one can accuse me of bias, but I, nah. I thought it should have been a penalty... Well, I, like I said, the Marnie one he got charged, this one he didn't, but I actually thought the Marnie one, when I watched it, I was like... So yeah, what was the criteria for charging him with the Marnie one, but not this one? Well, I think they were talking about somewhat of an extension, whereas this time they thought that was a natural, more of a natural motion, which I... I it might not even be an extension, but I felt as though... But if just, you're watching come into contact, where his elbow is, it rises as he comes into contact. I'm not saying he hit him with his elbow, but his elbow is an indicator that there was a movement in the arm. Because his elbow got nowhere near up his head. It was more around like the upper forearm to his wrist. But if you watch the outside of his body, like from his hips where his elbow is, I feel as though his elbow mm. slightly comes up. Maybe he was just bracing. And then the extension that I saw afterwards was more when he's bumped up here and then pushing him away. Yeah, so like I said... Because you're also taught, like what we teach, to go into the tackle as small as possible and then when you hit to extend you push out so that, that's your separation yeah. to get to the floor or to bump a defender or to keep going that's what I mean like, a lot of people say that even again like, mm. some of that extension you see is, is the other point that I'm getting at is not always like an intent to strike sometimes no, it's, it's an early reaction it's not or a misstep or a defender pulls up and maybe you've extended a little bit more because that hurts you also as a carrier especially someone who used to pair middle like you said you're, you're looking to time that bump or that impact whether you are finding the front or trying to get over a defender or push through a space. Yeah. But these are all what I'm saying. If we're going to get to the point where everything's going to be slowed down and we're going to react to absolutely everything moving forward. But like, what I would say is, absolute... you know, people are criticising Appy for the tackling style. I'm not so I'm not criticising for the style. I just think it's one of those accidents where yeah, big man on little man, finish. he squared him up and he's gone Can I finish? Can I finish? He's, sorry, criticising him for the tackling style in that he was too upright ah, and he should have gone low. But I also then think, well, if Tino's got the ball... And he's running around. You can't tell me that he goes into a bump. If it's me and to you, similar size, I'm bumping differently as it is to, you know, a 95 kilo hooker who's mm. a foot smaller. I'm not bumping the same way. So you could also make that same argument with Tino in terms of how he run and how he entered the contact. Yeah. And how he then manoeuvred his body but on a little man as compared to what he would a big man. I also think some of that, again, like you said, comes down to how a line is. So set line, small man. Sometimes you try to isolate yourself when we talk about... Mate, that happens every week. Spaces and faces, rather than like, I'll just try to every run game. over the top of the little man, not not even sometimes dip my target, just knowing yeah. that my momentum is going to carry me over the top of him and he's going to end up on my waist, yeah. on my chest, I'm going to land on him and maybe hurt him or get a quick play. I just think it was one of those incidents where when he got to the line, the two outside defenders are there, he shifted across onto him, but him being up, like you said, 6'6", six, 5'8", six, five, 5'9", five, or whatever, it's just an accident. Like, he's, mm. he's no, unfortunately... I don't, I don't think there was any intent. It's one of those ones where I think he was thinking what I'm saying. Like, I'm just going to fucking go over the top of this bloke. He's probably going to land on him, get a good play of the ball. Yeah, and um, that's his job. And it's just resulted one of those ones again where we see that last-minute shift and... Bang. I didn't love what he said post-game. I didn't hear what he said. What did he say? Oh, something along the lines of... 
you know, it's a physical sport and that's my job. Because the Marnie one after the little scuffle or whatever was going on in that game, I thought that was a bit of a, an extension. I did think it was shit technique because someone after was like, that was bad technique. I'm like, well, to be fair, it was bad technique. He went cross-body with his head, but I thought he yeah. extended his elbow and basically smashed him in the head. But this one on the weekend, I sort of looked at and thought, well, if you really go through a game with a fine tooth comb and slow it down, you want to get angry. You could find a lot of collisions where someone's jaw, face, head, neck, or something that yeah. would be considered contact with a head, with a runner. Yeah, you'd be given as many penalties, suspensions, and charges the other way. If I'm you're... not saying uh, I'm not saying suspend him. No, nah, but I think I'm you're right on that too. The brigade throw, throw the book at him. I, I don't think we need. There's any need for that because I don't think there was intent. But no, nah, but from where, memory, where do you, where is there the duty of care in terms of contact with the head? People listening might have watched nine coverage. I don't know, but some people were saying that nine coverage was straight on it. Whereas I watched the Fox coverage, there was nothing said about it until he went into the shed. Yeah, and then afterwards they found out he had broken jaw, and then they started talking about it. Mm. To your point, like. There wasn't any outrage about it in the moment until. See, I had the cricket on and I, I was watching um, the footy with, on mute. Mm. That's my favourite way to watch footy at the moment. Again, everybody out there has their own opinion and people are going to argue and disagree on it, but I, mm. yeah, I, I sort of didn't think. I had, I had more of a problem with the Marnie one than I did this one and I wouldn't have suspended him. Well, I don't like comparing either. Like, no, I, I just look this it's one because it's thought. so close together. Both were around Origin games, people are looking yeah. at it and then the result of it. Like Freddie and Joey, apparently, the, the, blue, I think, and, were the blue and maroon eyes come out pretty yeah. straight. And much like all over it, you've seen a nasty, you've seen any, you've seen all of them arguing all the penalty shows and Parker. But even that on the weekend, I'm like, like this is half the thing what makes it harder to watch these games sometimes because yeah. you see that bias come out. That's why you're just watching them. Yeah, yeah. so you make your own mind. But up. to the game because we've gone well and truly through that. Um, that obviously had a big impact on it. They were just terrible the other night. They murdered themselves in some of their executions. Brandon Wakeham, who's been a pretty good steering wheel and a steadying hand for the most part, he had a shocker the other night. He threw a lot of footies on the ground, a couple of bad reads in D. Um, and then I guess for them in general, just a lot of drop ball, particularly from their back five, some off those. They certainly, I thought, had enough roll on and opportunities. They come up with 20 offloads and move, move the ball. But any time they sort of looked like they were getting it together or going to string something together, they just shot themselves in the foot. Mm. Titans, on the other hand, have to give a rap, as always, to your two constants. Your two constants is always Tino, and it's always Mo. But there's a few underrated parts of this. Philip Sammy's 100th game, been really good this year. He's had some hot and cold years, but this year he's been just absolutely fabulous. 290 metres, great in yardage. I thought Ferrell's showed those little bits of class that we saw at the Roosters. It's just a matter of him staying on the field. Like, he, that ball on the line... Jumping out, squared up a little bit, just flattening along, hitting the hole for Tino. I thought that was class. Um, even Boyd, I think, has been playing some better football. I'm not the biggest fan of Boyd, but I think there's a bit more quality in his work in more recent times. Uh, like, I still don't know if he's my long-term option. Brimson's return paid instant dividends. There was a good connection between him and Jaden Campbell, who, again, didn't know how he was going to hold up in the front line defensively, but he's certainly dangerous with the football. We know that. He's just Absolutely. someone you want in your team. Yeah, uh, but that brings up that same question, like we've talked about for them this whole time. Between Foran for the next year and a bit, him, Sexton, Thomas Weaver coming through, they've got Boyd playing. Like they really need to narrow down what they're going to be doing in that department. But looking at Verrills, looking at having Brimson on, they're like they're certainly a part of what you want to be doing. You just need Verrills healthy, you need Brimson healthy, and then they need to make a decision on whether it's six and one for him or if Campbell's part of that six and one. And then Foran's obviously only going to be there probably for another 12 months. Who are the two halves are going to be? Is it Boyd and Sexton? Is Weaver better than Sexton? Are they off him? 
like is the Boyd thing a package deal with Fafita because they flipped him in the end anyway and gave him to fire like that's probably the big thing and then we talked about last week defensive attitude when they do sort of dig in a little bit which we saw a little bit the other night and the Tigers certainly didn't help themselves they're perfectly capable of winning these kind of games yeah absolutely they are yeah absolutely um, but yeah it's just doing it more often Tell you the really underrated buy for you guys who I think has been quality. And again, it takes a little bit of footy now and watching closely. I think Isaac Liu has been really good for you guys. Yeah. He's a quality link man. Yeah. I think, you know, oh, that, exactly that was what I was about to say. Just, there's a lot of small, subtle things or quality things around the ball and around the middle. Some of your shift play stuff, some of his runs, just digging it. Like, he's just got some nice subtleties about him. Makes his tackles, does his carry. Like, he's just a really good first grader. Yeah. So, um, good result for them. Tigers, I looked at this one at the end of it and thought, fuck, I must have put the bad juju on last week when I said it's been quiet because then this week it's turned into an absolute clusterfuck again. McDonald quits. Talk out of there. Hadjid Pentel. last week, didn't he? Yeah, Hadjid Pentel's on the radio saying, you know, about signings and what they're doing and that's what we paid Scott Fulton big money for. You're hearing about the Brooks thing, like people trying to frame it and turn on him and going, oh, it's all about money, it's all about money. Well, Part of it's they're giving him a deadline that it had to be decided on by Sunday. There's been arguments between Benji and Sheens and the board about they don't want to keep him, but those two do. And there's also been a lot of talk that there has been pressure and disagreement between those guys and the two coaches as well. So it's all this sort of stuff where we go quiet for a few weeks and then it all starts to leak out of the joint again. So yeah, I don't know what's true and what's not true. I... For them, I just look at it again. And I'm like, just shut the fuck up. Can you keep anything internal? That would be nice. And then I look at some of the positives, like Jareen Buller, wow. Some of the, the try saves, the runs, the, the fend he put on Tino when he skipped across the field. I don't, want to, I don't like making comparisons, but in, in a moment like that, just with the reach, the extension of the run, it almost reminded me of, like, baby GI. Careful. Oh, I'm not saying he's going to be a GI, but it was more the movement and then the fend. I was just like, that's fairly impressive. Bateman's obviously got himself up to scratch, and I enjoyed his little set two that he had with Tino. That was good, Val. Yeah. And also very mature of Tino realising what Bateman was trying to do and that he has an origin game ahead of him. He didn't buy into it. <laughs> um, but, yeah, they were their own worst enemy and I sort of look at this one as well when I talk about set of sixes and it took the Tigers and the Brooks situation as part of it. Anyone who says that he owes the Tigers something, I think you fucking got rocks in your head. I think they've done him a disservice for the most part of his career. And the one time they did have a decent coach and a little bit of help around him and someone put an arm around him, which was when Ivan Cleary was there, he got halfback of the year. And this year, again, Sheens and Benji have been in the bat for him and it's all been positive. He's been playing good football. And they've got a bit of stability. But to think, like, okay, well, he's on a million dollars. The narrative that he's been on a million dollars, first of all, who paid him that contract? The club. So you want to blame the player, by all means. Has it been a million dollars scaled up the whole time? No, it hasn't been. It's been a scaled contract. The back end was the biggest payday. So he's probably roughly been on 700, 750. Has he paid to that standard the whole time? No, but that, that whole narrative with what they've dished up, the amount of coaches, assistants, board members and crap they've had along their time and the fact he's been there for the whole decade, like, I don't think he owes the Tigers anything. That's my opinion. Yeah, I agree. There was a lot of narrative about that this week. Like, I think he owes the Tigers. Like, bullshit, he owes the Tigers. I think this is the one thing we've been saying in particular the last few years. I think he needs to leave, regardless of whether things are going right now. I think this is the best time to leave now that he's got his confidence, he's rediscovered himself, mm. 
knows who he is as a footballer. It's not an ideal time for him to leave from a Tigers perspective because there's not many out on the market, is there? Well, it is when you're feeling pressured to make a decision and hearing that the board and other people don't yeah, want you. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to engage in any of that because I don't know what's fact and what's not. Yeah, well, apart from what's said in the media, and again, yeah, there's reasons why things get leaked to the media. I. Well, I, I, it's probably just time. He feels as though it's time for a change. And it's, it's, okay. it's openly out there that Leeds are interested. But I do feel as though he's been pretty well supported this year. This year? By the coaches. Not any other year, I don't think, bar the Ivan Cleary's oh, Yeah, I, I think early in his career, he was well supported. But I look at it now during and that, think... Which, during that little period where they've struggled and they've chewed up some coaches and you know the, the other boys left... And he was sort of left to pick up the pieces. Well, he's twenty. A lot of people forget that he was the only one remaining. Mm. He's twenty-eight. Woods, Tedesco, Moses all left, and he was the only one left at the Tigers, which yeah made things quite difficult. Mm. He came in with you know he was an ex Joey Johns, so he's had some pressures. He's also look he's also played poorly. To be fair, there's been years there where he hasn't played well, and. There'll be some Tigers fans who are probably listening, thinking, "Well, you know, he probably does owe us a little bit because he's, you know, he didn't play well and he was on a million dollars a year, etc." This et is the only year he's been. On but a I think dollars. this year, yeah, or big money or whatever. He's he's certainly for a little, probably for a long while, he's been overpaid based on his performances. How much of that is down to him, and how much of that is down to the club? Who paid him the both of them? Both of them need to take accountability for that, no doubt about it. But uh, yeah. For the Tigers, they're probably thinking, "Geez, like we can't we can't get him signed when we probably really need to sign him because you look at the open market, it's pretty yeah, it's pretty lean." Look what they did in the off season too. Before I know he wasn't no, playing. No, I understand then, but that. But we want Munster, we want Moses, we want this. Well, like they basically there would have been like, a plan to get someone else. We're done with you, and then now they're going to left get left in a game of musical chairs without a chair to sit on. Well, if in I'm terms here, of you know halfback. And, you know, who have they got? Who have they got? You know, we played them on the weekend in New South Wales Cup. They've got Will Smith running around in the halves. They've got Dane Laurie running around in the halves. Well, again, the, the kids they're banking on are years so, away. One of them's actually going to play this weekend a lot sooner than expected. Talented Silver at nine. That's my point. But in their halves, like, I think Lachlan Galvin and the other kid, and I think, is it one of the Kepis that's a nine or the other one's a half? Like, he's a nine. I'd have to look at their SG list again. But that team is the one they're really banking on getting well, halves. Well, Talon played against us on the weekend. He was, yeah, he was okay. Uh, I wouldn't say he looked a first grader. Well, it's going to be big ass because he's literally gone mm. straight in. Was he playing SG ball this year? Yeah, he was in the the ball setup again. Yeah, so I've got to find that team list. Their last game, they got knocked out. But week Tara, one, we ended up winning it. I think Heath Mason is the fullback they've got big hopes for. Yeah. Lachlan, Galvin, and Luke Kepi. So it's another Kepi in the Luke halves. Kepi, yeah. Galvin was a bigger body, I think, who might even be. Able to play some back row. De Silva was the nine. Jordan Miller was the big prop. Kit Lolily is obviously up playing, I think, Fleg. Yeah, he's not playing. Um, yeah, Jordan Miller was the big prop they've got hopes for. So there was, there's a fair group out of that. But in particular, Mason, De Silva, Galvin, they're big on their spine. So they're obviously hoping those guys push through. But like we've know, like we said before, getting from ball all the way through to first grade is one thing. For De Silva, that's a hell of a jump because I don't even know if he's played Fleg games. Like I think he's played Cup maybe the last week or two. So it's it's a big ask. And it's not to say he doesn't have the talent, but it's more the physical side of it. Mm. It's a huge physical jump, even if you've got the ability or the football now to start playing with men yeah. after playing SG ball. Um, but let's say go 
couple of weeks back when things were finished, looking at their fleg team lists, unless he was injured, Denny Gantos was the hooker and he wasn't on the bench. And I've only seen his name pop up the last few weeks in Cup. So, I don't know. But like you said, going to market's hard. Um, but if you're, if you're Brooks, would you take the offer from Leeds and go play in England? Or do you think now that you've sort of rediscovered yourself and playing a bit of good football, there's a club here in the NRL for you? Because the talk straight away was... Well, I, the, the one that interests me more than anything, the other week... They had Ferner on before the 300th on the radio talking about Harves out in the market. And he goes, Luke Brooks is out. Like, he mentioned Luke Brooks. It wasn't only a couple of months back that they said they weren't interested in Luke Brooks. And then a couple of weeks later, this offer's come and he's said he's leaving, regardless of the offer. Then they've obviously come out of that money. And the other link that a lot of people are making is they're saying that, that the Cowboys are trying to move off Chad Townsend. And Peyton had him in the 20s, and that's someone they're interested in. So... Mm, okay. I don't know. Like, if, if you're him and you could go to Canberra or the Cowboys, I think there's certainly better situations than where he's right now. And the other one, Leeds and playing over in England, like, I, I certainly think he'd be free as a bird if he played in the Super League. But I think at 28 and where he is right now and what he's experienced, I think he's still too good to play in the Super League. It's just if he can find the right environment here, I'd like to see him stay. Yeah, I don't disagree. With if that. they were two options, real options, where would you prefer to be? Cowboys with Tommy Deard and Robson drink water in that forward pack or Canberra playing outside Fogarty Papa oh, I, think both, I think they're both good, good situations yeah I'd, I'd be happy to go to either mm. I think, I think he's more familiar with Todd Payton because with drink water and, and Tommy Deard and Robson I think that's probably a good spot for him you got a lot of guys there that can help you out I think both both teams I think probably Canberra probably positions. offer you less help in terms like Fogarty can steer the team around but at 1-9 and nine, I don't think they're as well equipped at the moment but that's just all taught right now. The but Raiders. Yeah. Raiders chilling. The Raiders have got a couple of guys in the pipeline. Don't worry about that. Yeah, well, Chevy Stewart has been as obvious as the nose on someone's face since he played Mats and then they signed him. Now he's already playing Cup, so he's going to be there in no time. Uh, no doubt. Well, not, not in no time, but... Oh, for where he started, only playing Mats 12 months ago. Like He's, he's going to get there a lot earlier than most people. They got... But I just, yeah, the whole talk around that this week and a lot going on there. I hope it goes quiet again, but I, I sort of applaud him. If it was all, and you hear all this stuff, well, they basically know that they didn't want you, but these two want you, but he's not going to be. I'm just sort of like, well, even regardless of all that at this point in time, I think he should have left last time. Then last year they wanted him to leave. He tried to leave. They didn't want him to leave. Like, it's just been a yo-yo. I think the best thing, regardless, is just he needs to move on. So I was very happy to hear that he yeah. just... We spent half an hour on Luke Brooks. Nah, we've spent time on the game Come and on, everything man. else. But moving on, speaking of Canberra, uh, the 300th, and it was a great week from all reports. And I spoke to a few people that I still know down there. You obviously spoke to Hutch and a couple other people involved in the week as well. Tootsie's 300th, there was a lot of stuff happening around the yeah, club. and You said there was heard Croker just Sager. a really, really good week. And it was all about Croker and mm, they, had a, they had a good lunch. They even got back some of the kids I heard uh, that had got the headgears over the years and he met up with some of them. Yeah. Yeah, I spoke to Hutch today and he said it was just a really positive week. I know like it would have been a lot better if they got a win, but and I, there are a lot of people saying, well, you know, he should have played you know, the week before and they would have had a win, but yeah, it's pretty narrow-minded, like, 
the win the week before was unreal and it wasn't so much about that, it was about the celebration of the 300th and they just got beat by a better team. The Warriors played excellent and they're very well coached at the moment and they're going to be a tough team for everyone to beat. Uh, so there's no shame in, in getting beat by the Warriors. And what I thought was, yeah, a close game that probably blew out in the end really, didn't it? Well, I actually didn't think it was that close. I thought the first 20 minutes was close. They had the sin bin happen. Uh, I thought Jack should have been sin bin for the exact same thing, which is another one of these things you're getting in game. just fucking baffles me. And then the second half, they just blew him off the putt. Probably the, the thing that was more worrying for me is they punched holes through him in the middle three times. They put some pretty soft tries. The Arley short ball from Tohu, very nice. That secondary shape we spoke about the other week and the way they play brings a lot of motion around the football and distraction, but... A couple of times, yeah, they got shifted onto a sideline or a tram and then sort of just come back to the middle, and it was just simple passes. Johnson hit Metcalf. The other one, like I said, was the Arlo one. Um, Chan's just running around the outside. They had enough bodies there, I think, to solve that, and he ends up just skirting around the outside and scoring. And, you know, late in the piece, the try they got back was off another sin bin to Murata. And then the intercept try off the kickoff, I think, pretty much summed up the night for Canberra. Other than the first 20 minutes, I thought the Warriors were clearly the better team. Yep. But, yeah, yeah well, um, they, they were clearly the better team. Two big in, like, like, it's good to see all these guys back. Still missing Jazz Walker, so I think they got more upside, but it makes a huge difference when Murata and Barnett are playing. Barnett yeah, more physical, really. bring a lot of physicality, offsets, and helps out, in particular, a guy like Fanua Blake, who lays the platform every week. Egan's missed. Long portions, he was sharp. The link play between those guys, the confidence has built up, as we know. Playing that, they basically are playing middle service when you watch them. Johnson's playing both sides of the field. Tohu's been that indicator. He's been really, really helpful. Chance's confidence is through the roof. Even someone like Dallin, like, wasn't that long ago looking at him again that I thought, why have they picked him up on such a big contract? But Webby obviously challenged him. Sending back the cup for over a month, he's responded. And then this production line of kids, like Barry played really well the last few weeks before he got KO'd. Leia Tower the other night got his opportunity, and rightfully so. Montoya's been playing well. Like, just about anyone they've brought in has been playing well and doing a job. Yep. So they're, they're really building something nice. Um, I think Barnett might miss a week for his tackle. I think Murata got out of it with some fines, and Jack got out of his one with a fine as well, third and subsequent. So you get a hefty whack there. Um, but, yeah, you know, maybe after a couple of weeks as well, they've been up and they've been around the place they just maybe looked a little bit flat but certainly in the middle stakes of things and yeah just the ease of some of those middle tries which like I said did come off some good secondary shape in football um, I, I thought it was going to be a really close game of football but they ended up just blowing them up so yeah. good for the Warriors uh, good response after you know like we said disappointing result the other week in particular that Brisbane game they've sort of gone bang bang on the back of that a buy this week and with some of the results I know it's a huge thing to probably bring up, but they're still realistically, I guess, with the origin period ahead and pending what their draw looks like, a chance at the top four. Yeah. Well, like, that's... With the way the Sharks are sort of going at the moment, um, huge. and some injuries around a couple of those teams sitting there, if they jag a few more results or at least win the ones they should be winning, they're going to have themselves on the fringe of that side of things. But certainly, I think at the moment, and if they don't make the eight with where they've positioned themselves right now, I think that'll be a fail where they've got to now. But, again, we all know what health can do. It's, uh, they're in a situation now with a few more guys still to come back in where when you see them healthy and with most of those guys in the park, they look a real formidable football side. But for the Raiders, 
out of this one. I guess, like you said, good the way, good that he got the occasion. You see what it meant to him even after the game and before the game. He was crying before he even got on the field. They had Tootsie, Jason Croker, the original 300-gamer there, blowing the horn. Um, and I think after the game, he pretty much summed it up that it wasn't a great night, but they've been in all their games this season, but stick with us for the back end of the year. And if you're a Canberra fan, similar deal, eight wins. So they're not too far off. Yeah, um, they're going well. Get yourself through this period again. Horsburgh goes into camp, be a good experience. Hudson. Bye comes at a good time for him as well. Mm. <clears throat> Hudson's the only one who's really in there playing. Um, get back off the back of that and try and keep whipping this thing, huh? Which, uh, you know, should be the goal. And I was just trying to look up here when we mentioned about De Silva, about playing cup and flag. He's played three cup games? Two games of cup. And I didn't see his name in flag either. So unless he was injured or I don't know what happened there. And they brought him straight into the mix. But that, that's the kind of jump we're talking about. You've essentially finished that and gone straight into playing against men, which is it's a big ask. It's a really big ask. Um, but off that one, Manly Dolphins, I don't even know really what to say about this one other than this pretty much sums up what we thought would be the Dolphins situation if they had injuries and suspensions. And it was apparent from the go that they were well and truly going to get blown off the park. Branko Lee was playing back row. Val Tavari out in the centres, like Palasa, who hasn't played a lot of minutes. SES hasn't played a lot of football last few years, in particular first grade. Um, rolling those sort of guys, the two small halves that they played at. And then guys like Donahue, Palath, all that playing like good minutes, Manly just ate them up, realistically. But I think for Manly, a game like this probably sums up how they should play most of their games with the forward pack they've got. When they're healthy and got those boppers there, particularly Paseca, I think he's been the real shining light for them this year. Like Olakalaki's obviously had some big games and been good, but consistency week to week, I think Paseca's been the best forward for Manly. 100%. But you see the blueprint here with that big side. His Punch- improvement has been, yeah, significant. Mm. Punch holes in the middle. Mm. They break the ruck down. Things tighten up. They get to play to the edges, in particular when you've got halves like they were running out in Katoa and Cody Nikarima. You ram the bodies there, ram into those guys there. Um, and it just makes things really, really simple. They got one-on-ones. They got offloads. Garrick, who come through as a center, obviously played on the wings, played some fullback. Opportunity there the other night where they flipped him and Cooler. They both look good on their new edges. Cooler, obviously, having the benefit of playing outside Schuster when he's on and physical and engaging the line there. Opens up space for him to use his speed. Other side of the field, you've got Cherry Evans, who's not so much that running style of half or you know able to use his physicality like a Schuster has the battering ram and Olakalatu. But that works out nice. And you had Garrick there who had a few simple one-on-ones in particular. The one near the end of the game where there wasn't even space, he just squared up Aiken, skipped the cross and threw a nice offload. Um, he showed, certainly showed his ways playing the centres. He got 30 points, equaled his own record. Yeah. So, But I just think that, that's... It's interesting how uh, he was asked after the game as well about what his preferred position is and he said centre, which is, um, yeah, interesting. I just think they're, they're really, really good. Their blueprint, for a long time as well. Mm, their blueprint's so simple, though. I think well, you saw it the other night. Win the middle, play to your big edges, and then you know when your spine's intact, Croker does enough around the middle. Schuster takes pressure off Daly, which takes pressure off Tom, and when they're sort of dictating playing that football and letting him free and roam around, he had one of his better games as well. Yeah, I actually haven't been in there for a while. I haven't been in there since we played Newtown, so I'm getting in there on Friday, which will be. It'll be good to get back around and see what the vibes are like. But, you know, I know that particularly early on in the year, they were making a big point of trying to carry what they do at Brookvale and that energy that they play with at Brookvale and then trying to take that on the road. 
And I guess that's what all, you know, you're really, really good teams. They play sort of that same level, same level of intensity and physicality wherever they play. Mm. So I think that was certainly a key focus for, for Manly at the start of the year. And We've seen glimpses though, haven't we? Like we've seen yeah, them bash yeah, Melbourne. I, look, we've seen them go talk, down to talk Canberra. From the, I can talk from just sort of where we've been over the last, oh, I guess, six weeks. Just There's been a lot of injuries at the club. There's been a lot of players unavailable. So that's certainly had an impact as well. Mm. Uh, yeah, but I think if they get their full team on the field, you then all obviously had Schuster out. So just continuity in the halves. You've had Jake Arthur come in. Oh, he's uh, a very handy backup. Yeah, Cooper Johns got injured and wasn't available for Cup on the weekend. So, uh, But I think he'll be back this week. So yeah, a lot of the guys are getting back on deck. Like we had Dean Madison. Well, Aloyo come go back out. in as well. Tupolotu has been injured, come back into the mix as well. Woods, Sip. Sipley was injured. Ah, uh, Sipley was suspended. Mm. Woods was injured. He played the other night. He was good. LOA Same come back from injury. Back. Tualangi will be back uh, hopefully next week, I think. Mm. Cola missed some games. And I was going to say Jeez, this to you. can't ease it. My God. Oh, yeah. like, I was talking to some of the boys and they were saying that apparently Cooler's the quickest over 40 and Saab's got him over over 80. Well, I was going to say that there was three examples of speed the other night. Cooler on his runaway. Hammer when he squared up cool, then just ran around him. Cool thought he could give him the yeah, space, and Hammer yeah. burned him. So you want to talk oh, about God. fucking quick? Hammer is quick. And then when Garrick bought Saab that little bit of room down the sideline, he just absolutely jetted in as well. He um, so there were some wheels in that game. There was, I think I've said it on the podcast before. There was one day there where oh, I don't think it was preseason. I think it was early in the season where they let Saab go on a you know he was doing a bit of straight line running, mm. and they let him go on one which was a you know, full throttle, and it was it was something to see. Like you, you hang around footy long enough. There's certain things you see, and you like you go, "Fuck, wow!" Like that's that's quick. I think the other thing I saw in this performance, and again, like it wasn't undermanned Dolphins, so I'm not going to actually lose my mind about it. But the moments of ad lib or class that they can come up with as well when they have that spine intact. Schuster picked out a nice space kick there for Cooler to put his wheels on play too. Cherry Evans come up with one as well. That was, I think, a play three kick, and they scored off that. Like the balance of when they get it right with their physicality, their middles mm. to play to those yeah. big edges, and then to have, like I said, Cherry Evans, Schuster freeing up Tom Croker doing his job in the middle has enough deception, and it was sort of like it just sort of all builds nicely. And yeah. they need to play more football together. Cooler, and that's probably been another issue. Cooler reminds me very much of Michael Jennings. Well, I was about to say so before, much of Michael Jennings. Like, I played a lot of footy with Michael. And just the he way moves like, like him, 100%. the way that he moves, the way that he, he just I mean, not Jenks. so much his lateral movement, the way he bounces yeah. in and out, his agility, the ability he's got to go into a space, come back out, and then find another space. Like he, I think, looking at like what you said before though, as well, there's different kinds of speeds. Because remember they used to talk about Billy. Billy's forty meter speed was awesome, but his hundred wasn't the best. I've yeah. seen Billy get run down. Footy speed, but over forty, he was ridiculous accelerating early doors. Yeah, and I guess for you, for anyone inside the wingers, that's the type of speed you want, right? Mm. But for your wingers, you probably want them to have that straight line speed. Yeah, because they're the ones getting speed. that extra bit of space to reach yeah. that peak. Whereas your center, so you probably got those two guys placed correctly. Like mm. you wouldn't want your forty meter speed on the wing and your your straight line speed in the centers. But I, I, I sort of got to think that's the best iteration of their back line. I think you know, for me, Parker's never really been. 
the greatest attacking player. I think he's a good defensive player and he runs a strong line. Oh, but oh, I, love him. I know that, but looking at him to oh, me, he, at this point, I see him more as a back row. He's certainly big enough. Yeah, that's my point. But I think the he's way he moves, when you look at what they've got, and even Garrick, like Garrick's natural percenter coming through was centre. He's played fullback they don't, for them. Manly don't need a back row. Well, I know that, but if Kelm was injured or someone's there, mm. if you're telling me that was the back line right now, like I think you get more with Cooler and Garrick in your centres than you do with Parker there. And I like Parker, but I think when he's there, you get a 6 or a 7 out of 10. I don't think there's much more of a ceiling to him. He's not express. He runs a good line. He doesn't have great fit. Like, there's not... He's just a solid... How long has he been at Manly for now? Well, a long time, huh? Brad Parker. Yeah, 10 Since 20s, doesn't he? Yeah. He'd be 28, 29 by now, surely. Yeah, I don't know. But I think that's the best version of their back line, in my opinion. He was certainly there, I think, the whole time since Des came back, yeah? Yeah. Until when Des obviously left. But overall, again, I'm not going to uh, lose my mind over that beating because you look at them, who they're missing, injury suspension. Felice, Marshall King didn't last that long. Branko didn't last that long. Um, you know, the couple other guys suspended Wallace. This is what we sort of talked about with the depth of their squad and being tested as year one. And then when you're playing guys like Plath and Donahue, big minutes, and their smaller halves, Katara and Cody Nicarima, they certainly did a number on their edges. But for Manly, do you take the four and against you, take the when you take the confidence. It's going to be harder this week because it's an origin game against Para. They've obviously got Moses in now, which without Dylan Brown puts a lot of pressure on them. Yeah. So I know they're missing Cherry. Um, and, and Tommy but if you've got Arthur coming this week with a Schuster and that and you can sort of plug your holes up whether Garrett goes to the back or KO plays there I'm not too sure but this is a really good opportunity to probably steal one back I guess and it's probably critical for both Yeah. in ten terms of the season where they're at in that fringe sort of spot where they both are right now mm. it's really awkward timing but could be a big game in the context of both their seasons uh, but we'll leave that one behind Dragon South. This ended up being an absolute belter. Love the fact that it was a sellout for a 3pm game on a long weekend. They ended up closing the gates, they said, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I'll, I'll give a wrap to South. So I know, undermanned. The, the hardest thing here, and again, people look at it and go, some of those tries were shit. Well, this is what happens when you take five or six players out of a starting lineup, particularly guys that play connecting positions like edges. When you've got disconnected edges that haven't played together and you take some of those guys out, like, you know, people make wrong decisions or they go up or they hold or they shift out or they turn. But I have to pay them their credit because the Dragons obviously come in with a lot of confidence and had a red-hot crack and rolled through them. But when it was sort of seesawing back and forth, I thought, you know what, they might not get away with this. But then when they kicked on at the end there and sort of jagged those few tries, I think like Molo was a pretty soft one where just a complete misread by Kaloa and Cook and Hunt and Sloan with that in-and-out play. Um, and they, they took it out. 36-14, I thought, okay, game over. They're done with it. They should kick on with this. But to South's credit, and much like it felt for the game, they just didn't go away. Campbell Graham won that shift with five minutes to go. Pretty poor by Suley, but that was way too easy. Host, the next one, they had an offload in contact where they just didn't wrap up the ball and the balls popped out there for them to shift across and score. And then the fact, um, I think Ilias got the other one off, off Campbell Graham where they made another line break at that Suley-Sullivan space. Um, they would have been breathing a sigh of relief when they made an error off the next kickoff <laughs> with the 50 seconds left because yeah. they just went bang, bang, bang three sets in a row after they looked like they'd blown them off the park. And then you're sitting there going, that's without Luttrell, Murray, Arrow, like, et cetera. Like, you take four or five quality plays out of your lineup and they had to plug in 
Hawkins and a few other guys and Chi play more minutes. And like I said, that disconnection when you've got a lot of guys out of position who haven't built up that continuity that they have obviously been on the field. Um, but for South, I think you lose nothing. You've, you've won those games earlier for that reason. You get to make those decisions to go into the game and have those guys out and rest them or not even worry about playing a Cody because you banked your equity early. Yeah, that's true. And that's heading into origin. Like It's a, it's a decision for the long term. And on top of that, no offense to the Dragons, that what giving that one to the Dragons isn't going to affect them directly either. No. In terms of if that was someone near them or around them, are they looking at it like, yeah? So um, that's no offense to them, but on the Dragons side of things, I think it's it's been a positive week. They've obviously responded since they moved on from Hook. I think Carr, um, hearing some of the comments from the players on the radio, has been well received. They like him. He's doing a good job, changing yeah. that sort of energy to finish the year and hopefully a positive. And then only after banging the drum. For fuck knows how many years, how, how no one's hired Shane Fletting and they should have hired him at the end of last season and vice versa before. What do you know? They've put a press release out today after this whole circus and dance probably two years later than it should have been that he's now going to be the head coach, which I think's the right result. Yeah. Well, I, I agree. Having had, you know, a little bit to do with Flanagan this year and it's the first time I've ever met him and he certainly just holds himself as a head coach. He's got a presence. He's won a premiership. He's got experience at multiple clubs. Yeah, he certainly deserves his appointment. Well, they reckon he's already one of the ones who spoke to Hunt and said he'd be staying at half. So you think- yeah, I heard I heard him him actually say that. I clicked on something over the weekend and he was saying that he saw Hunt, but he sees Hunt all the time. They live near each yeah. other and was at a coffee shop. So the reporting around the fact that he sort of went out of his lane. Like, yeah. oh, come on. Fuck, all these guys talk like... He's smart enough to not to do that. Nah. But I think, again, bringing this up for a long time, I'm surprised more clubs haven't looked and everyone brings up what's happened in the past. Like, coaches are held to a different standard than the players, but it's like, really? Like, a lot of players have been given more than two or three chances. I don't think what he did, especially the second time around, if you let him come back after the first issue. If you got an issue with the first thing, the second one I didn't see anywhere near as big, but um, I think clubs have missed out by letting him sit out this long. And I think in their situation, it's the perfect person, like we've been saying the whole time. They're talking about who's the football manager, who's this, who's that. Like, we're not sure about the football department. If there's one thing he's shown, it's that he can build a club or rebuild a club. He took over the Sharks at a pretty tumultuous time. Mm. He had to work from the ground up just to get funding, let alone for the gym and multiple things, as well as the junior pathway they started and the program there. That started to turn around. He built a consistent winning first-grade team, and then he finally delivered the premiership that they so... Premiership. Badly wanted. Premiership. I think it's also like a lot of coaches can go into a room and sell sell you on that that, that they know what success looks like and mm. they know well, he does. how to do it. He's done it. And he's done it, like I said, at all phases. He didn't inherit yeah. that team at a winning end. He got it at the worst point and the club in general. There's a different level of credibility and a different level yeah. of water to be held when you can say that you've done it. And you hear all these players, the way they speak about him, I haven't heard any of them that have been there during that time and they've all mentioned those things about what he did at that club. Yeah, and look, I haven't heard a negative word about him at Manly. And I guess the other upside for them... I haven't had a negative interaction with him at Manly. We've talked about the Dragons and the rebuild and that. Like The fact that I'm willing to give 800 grand to a rookie in four years, like he's landed on a three-year deal. The club's got to have time and patience because this isn't an overnight fix. Mm. He's actually quite pretty, not introverted, but he's actually like a quiet sort of guy. Yeah. Pretty softly spoken. and I think you can see that in him. Goes about, goes about his business he's pretty quietly. And he used to get a bit angry in his press conferences, but I think he's like most guys. Yeah, he's competitive. He's he don't like to lose. Diligent. and 
Yeah. Yeah, like even on-field. I'm talking about on-field as yeah. well. Like, I haven't ever heard him have to really raise his voice or plead mm. with players. Like, And I think that comes back to the fact that Don't when he talks, he holds, what he says holds respect. water. Yeah. And, why and that's something that, you know, as a young coach and exploring coach like myself, you, you sort of look at that and go... You shouldn't have to yell. I, don't, I won't get that until you've, you've earned that. Like, you, you earn that respect from players. I mean, there's obviously different ways to earn it. Mm. But... Well, I think... Like yeah, I, said, I think to, to say that you've... And to have been in one and had sustained success over a long period of time... Knowing a few lads that were there when he was there, they all really liked him, and a lot of them are still there. So a good core of that group that'll be there really liked him. And on top of that, yeah. the, the roles they gave him, he also understands their cap situation where well, they're at as a club. I think that's the other thing, isn't it? You're employing someone who has uh, a breadth of knowledge about the wider aspects of the organisation, which well, I has a huge advantage because you can... And, you know, this isn't... This is just hypothetically, you know, he might sort of go, yeah, no, I know that that part of the organisation needs to be fixed. You know, I know that I can trust that person and they're doing a good job within their role. So you're actually ahead of the game a little bit, just in and around having that prior experience, not in the coaching element of the of the organisation. Mm. Well, in the words of James Hooper, nothing is done until it is officially across the line and St. George have shown that they can fumble one. So <laughs> can fumble until one. it's locked in, but, you know, Douse mm. and these sort of people that were off him, it's now unanimous. I guess the biggest thing for them, whatever that and I'd add here is, I hope they don't get in the way or put hurdles there because if they do, it's going to get real fucking ugly real quick again because I don't think he's certainly the sort of person who's just going to sit back and cop it. He's coming mm. in to do a job and I think they need to buy into what he wants to do. Because if they want real change, he'll try to bring that. And he showed that, like, again, from what he did at the Sharks and what he was able to build. But if they are like, well, Harren staying or this jam of football or anyone, all the sort of roles that made other people nervous and he's not allowed to affect change in certain roles or have a say in those sort of things, well, they're going to have problems. But I certainly don't think he'll be shy in voicing his opinion. No. But for them, I think next year is pretty similar. Looking at their off contracts, there was no real huge deals this year. The year after, they got 17 off. So I think next year will be a big year in terms of getting into the market and making decisions for 25, his second year in charge. So I think his biggest effect in change will be pre-season, getting a look at what's under the hood there, looking at your juniors, your cut players and what you sort of have, what's good, what's bad, knowing out of those off-contracts, I'm sure, like I said, again, the fact he's already been there, he'll have a big idea or understanding of what he wants to do and then getting into the market. But I, I... Really think the next 12 months, if you're a Dragons fan, your team's going to look a whole lot different come 2025. Yeah, I think so. 24 will be a bit of a mix um, and obviously building on probably the good core you've got, which is I think Hunt will be staying now. The fee and A's, whether he goes with a Sullivan or a Moan, does he try to get in the market for another nine? Sue is a good back rower, but then the year after, you're talking guys like Molo, DeBellin's huge contract, like some of those big deals, and then 15 off contracts in general, like, I think he's going to take a real hacksaw and sledgehammer job. And anything that he deems dead wood or, you know, bad contract or anything unreasonable, I think he can make an impact in the market. So, yeah, I, I still have said it before. I think one to seven, they're pretty good if you get it right. And you get Sloan, Amon, Sullivan, Hunt, Fiennes, Lomax, Sully, like whatever, however you figure that out, whether it's defensive, I think pure talent, raw talent, attack, this, that, and the other, they've got plenty of points. But I think in between middles and maybe an extra bit of help on the edge in, in your bench rotation, they're really lacking. And if there's one thing you show at the Sharks, he loves some tough forwards. 
That's one thing the Sharks did have. That a main fucking pack. He'll, he'll certainly have a... Um, he'll have an understanding on how he wants to go about building the roster, where the roster's at, like you said, salary cap experience, mm. and then just the type of players that... I mean, it's the best time for him to, to come in knowing that because literally all those off-contracts start next year. Mm. So he'll instantly come into seven, eight deals that are off and be able to affect change instantly for 2025 and make hopefully make a big impact in his second year. That's not to say they won't improve just as a football team in general next season. But I think knowing the situation makes it easy for him also to look at it and go, all right, I'm not going to have to wait around here or negotiate or potentially tap guys on the shoulder and get them to go to market and wheel and deal here. Like I'm, I'm going to pretty much just have 12 months, like get through the next year, see what's good, what's bad, make some decisions, and then I'm pretty much get to pick half a new team before now. Yeah. So I think great timing uh, for that and a good week. If you're a Dragons fan, if you're a South fan, I guess out of this game, you take the positives again of the depth that they've got in um, has done a job during the year and even undermanned here. They still almost took this one out of the fire. Mm. Um, and your biggest hope with so many in origin, these injuries the last few weeks is it doesn't have a lasting impact on your season, which is the one thing we always preface when we do our preseason predictions and things like that. The one thing that can derail any team is health. So for South, it's just been a gradual thing the last few weeks between Murray the trail now Cody, like you just an arrow. Um, hopefully no one ends up being a fatal blow for this run home. So we'll see what happens there. Broncos, Newcastle, I thought this was probably the most entertaining game to watch over the weekend. It was a belt. It was a very, very good game of football. Uh, Newcastle, heard from a fan event up there that, you know, he was very confident over my Brian this is, and this was one of the best preparations they had, and they were going to turn up and give it their all. Certainly thought they did, and... Um, they got them on the edges a few times. Probably showed some things there about their shape. I thought they had some real nice setups, and I think this speaks to the point that I made the last time that Kalen moved to five eight. Is why the fuck at this point in his career, why he still got that leg speed impact and you know what he can do from the back of the field? Why would you want to play in the front line? I think a lot of what's happened with the Origin scenario, this, that, and the other, and happened previously with Brown. He sort of brought it himself. Yeah. Yeah, and right. I feel like because he's had two coaches come in in rebuilding stages or times where they're probably not feeling like they want to, you know, work with Ponga, that he's gone there twice. But I don't understand why he wouldn't want to play fullback. Games like this on the weekend, he's he's a fullback. If he wants to do the whole Darren Lockyer thing, do that when your legs are gone and you're slowing down a little bit when you're 28, 30 years old or you've had knee problems or something else and there's other things you can bring into your game. But... Um, some of their setup plays, Hastings did some real good jobs digging in, different variations of short, long, Ponga out the back of that. Um, I think Crossland's done a pretty decent night having to fill in at nine. Good service. He's obviously defensively, it's been a bit of a tough thing, but they got the Broncos. Um, in particular, you got Reynolds one time there, just got on the outside and you talk about the leg speed or been able to isolate him. But the, probably the biggest thing I've seen there for a lot of teams is Herbie and Oates and the connection there with Mam. Herbie a few times just come charging in really, really hard and got close onto Mem. I don't know if it was because he felt like he was isolated or he just wanted to shut it down. And Oates disconnected from him twice and sort of drifted off rather than following. So um, if you look at something on video there, if your team's moving forward, I think that's probably the one spot you want to look at. He's the right-hand edge there. Yeah. Uh, Herbie himself said afterwards, sent him on the Sunday footy show, a couple of bad reads by him. But yeah, I just thought that was interesting looking at it. Was it... A lack of trust. Was he trying to come in and help? Did he think Oates would follow in and just try to shoot and let the inside cover come and help? But, yeah, there, there was certainly something there that I think some teams should look into a bit further mm. if you punch some holes in the middle. But 
this one for Brisbane probably sums up where they've got to now, where you talk about teams where they're on, on and off weaker. It looked like for the majority of the game that Newcastle were going to get them, uh, but they pulled it from the fire. Kobe Hetherington only ends up getting 15 minutes, but my God, they're an impactful 15 minutes. He's going good. Had some huge carries at the end there, poked his nose through a couple of times. Piracura as well with a try and a couple of line breaks and some good carries, but Hetherington went like one or two near half line breaks and then pops the offload that leads to the play where Reynolds gets that filthy flick pass from Ezra Mam. That was a perler. Yeah. Looked where he was, knew his legs were gone. The slow-mo to see, like the wrist action or the arm action to get that one around the corner. Yeah. It was beautiful. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Thing of beauty. The one earlier that I sort of thought hurt, and Reynolds put in an average bomb like midfield, but there was four knights around it. No one competed for it. And they get the bounce off that one, and Cobo scored. Um, there were some good try saves on both sides. Gagai had a screamer on Oates early in the game. Uh, they come up with a couple on Marju and etc. Like it was, this was a real, genuinely good open contest with some good attacking football and some good defense. But that second stint of Haas and Carrigan to get them back on the front foot and pull this one from the fire, along with those moments that you talk about from a guy like Hetherington to Mam and Reynolds, um, and then just the fullback duel. Ponga and Walsh went at each other. The fact that he charged at him and they had that big collision where Elliot come in and helped out was good. When Ponga burns Reynolds and they have the one-on-one in the backfield, he chooses to take him on. I thought they both played very, very well. Walsh had a hand in a couple of tries. Some line, line break assist was pretty lightning himself. But it's one of those ones where I think for Newcastle, you look out and you go, you've got to take confidence from this. It's been an up-and-down year. There's been a little bit of shade thrown around. They've had a few flat performances, had a few good performances, but just showed there, like, you bring your best version of yourself against the heavyweight in the competition and probably should have won. So they deliver that on a more consistent basis and you could find yourself in the eight. But it's yeah. it's getting the moving time with them and it's the awkward thing like we said at the start of the year where I don't know quite what they're thinking of doing. Like there hasn't been really that much talk over O'Brien but coming into this year there was talk that he might be under pressure. There's been talk about cap pressure and they might want to move off best or Safidi. They've started to deny that the last few weeks. Like Pong has moved and now he's moved back to fullback and the concussions. Frizzell, apparently. Dogs, Tigers come in hard and heavy. But they are pretty confident it's going to get done. But that was a week ago, and that didn't happen now. So, um, yeah, interesting if you're a Newcastle fan. And then, obviously, like we said at the start of the year, you move Ponga to bring in Miller. Now they've dropped Miller, moved Ponga back, and then next year you've got Will Price coming, who wants to play fullback. Yeah. So, in terms of recruitment, decision, like got just... Young Hodgson there, who is a very good player. Good player as well, yeah. So, yeah. you sort of look at it though and go, okay. And then, like we talked today, I think they've got a lack of middles and they've got way too many of that utility half-type player. Mm. Like, just recruitment decisions as well. And they bring Marju in to have two good, really outside backs in two different shapes and sizes. And then Young makes the decision that he's going to leave. Like, yeah, um, they're an interesting spot, that's for sure, but... It was a hell of a performance. Hopefully they build off the back of that. But Gagai, again, not great in defence, but really good attack. Saf, Daniel Safidi, good. Thought the wingers and yardage, a couple of good finishes. Ponga, really red-hot. Um, Hastings in good touches. But Walsh, 
Haas, Carrigan, Stintz, Hetherington's late impact, and then obviously Mam and Reynolds have some good moments. Panthers, Roosters, uh, they just drowned the Roosters. They did very well, I thought, to get to half and only down 10 0. Penrith from the get go just did exactly a bit similar to when we watched that grand final, is what it felt like to me watching it without clear. Kick control, bash, kick control, bash. Like instantly early in the very few, first few sets, you could say they couldn't get out of their own end. And they just relentlessly cycled and drowned them, cycled and drowned them, and then their points just come off the back of that. Anytime they made an error, Gave them a couple back-to-back penalties. They just parked themselves down there. And what they didn't get in the first half, you thought it would come in the second half of all the credits they'd banked and just juiced the Roosters. And then it did. They sort of have a bit of an explosion period early second half. They popped them through the middle a couple of times. Sorensen, Edwards, and kind of went bang, bang, bang and picked a couple. Um, Tedesco grabs one down the short side with one of the only opportunities they sort of got inside 20, but this just never really felt like a contest. No, no, it didn't. You're what, right. What worries no, me more I, again? I have, yeah. I, there was a good question asked by a good friend of the podcast, um, Mike Wood, just in the presser after the game about the Roosters' attack. Yeah, it's the worst and in the competition. Raised, yeah, but I, I don't think that was the point. That wasn't the point that Mike was trying. It was to the one where Robertson about, said he didn't want to talk about it there. Yeah, it was more just it raised his eyebrows, and you could see that. Uh, yeah, it certainly got his attention. Mm. And the answer, he sort of started to give an answer and then stopped and himself. Like, oh, and I'm said, not going to talk about it here. Look, this isn't the time and place to talk about it. And Why not, Trent? Yeah, I think there's, it's not, and I've heard Cooper Cronk, like he's doing, what's he doing, halves or key positions yeah, or he, the attack? He sort but, of keeps saying yeah, the same like, things. Like He's saying it's more a system problem. You know, we know what we want to do. We know it works and... Well, I'd argue that it doesn't work. Well, it's not It working. certainly doesn't work with the players that they've got at the moment. And, nah. you know, they, they always talk about Roosters footy and yeah, the Roosters we want to get way. our footy on and the Roosters way. I, I think there, you used to be able to see clearly what that was. Hmm. And at the moment... Forward dominant, punch holes in the middle. They're willing can't. to take risks. They defend their errors. They're not doing anything. And I'm just not sure that the players that they have in certain positions match that philosophy or are giving them what they need in those positions in order to play that style of footy. You know what You know what bothers me more than anything? I said this a few weeks ago. Forget the fact that the worst attacking team in the competition. If there's one thing that's been consistent while he's been there, they've been one of the best defensive teams. And yeah. part of that comes down to the personnel you've got. That's they, also they don't have... a lot to do with your attack. Yeah, but I, I think it's also the characters you've got in your team. Like, a cordoner, a fr- like this, they're quality players, but they were fucking gritty, hard-nosed blokes who tied down an edge, tied down the middle. I, I, I look at them right now, and like Teddy's spoken a lot about, you know, leadership, this, that, and the other. And the other week, he, last week, he just sort of spoke about getting back to what he does well and running. I feel like maybe even in that side of things, like there's just a lack of leadership around the joint, which is sort of hard but to how think does about. He, how does he get to run? How do you How do you get Teddy into the game? What do you mean? Well, how do, how do the Roosters get... How does James Tedesco enter a game? How is James Tedesco dangerous in a game? He needs those big forwards, dipping the line, creating momentum. Yeah, well, clearly. But I think he was just saying in general clear, that he's, but he, is probably it, is his it focus. That, is it that clear? Because that's not happening. Well, it's not. That's what I'm saying. Like, the, the basics of what the Roosters used to do are all gone. So... They've been poor coming out of their own end. They don't put it to hold in the middle. you looking at ways to 
generate that. Physically, they used to that. be up for the, the fight. I, I think watching the other night, what? Yeah, but I think you're talking about a lot of emotional things, like. Yeah, but even that part like talks to the whole outlook. I'm of talking the team. about the nuts and bolts of how they play. I get that, and the players that they have. I think none of that shit. And even whether they can actually deliver your general attitude and your team. Yeah, see, I disagree. I think a lot of a lot of what you do feeds into your attitude and gives you that intensity and gives you that belief. Well, I, I, I feel as though at the moment they know that they're not going to be able to play that style of footy, or they don't have the capability at the moment to play that style of footy with the guys that they've got. They're, I think they're, they're asking. The basics, I think they're asking. Particularly, like, even a guy like Joey Manu. Like, they wanted to throw Sam Walker out, and I was critical of that at the time. But really, he's their only creative player. He's their only creative half. And now they're the worst attack in the competition because you've essentially tried to rub out your creativity for robotics, is what it seems like, for a system, in inverted commas, that isn't working. Mm. So change your system to the players you've got. Well, they, they can't generate a style based on the players. No, I understand that. But they tipped him out before he was injured. I know that. But I'm just saying in general, like even when they were working through this the last few years, none of it mattered because they still had all those other fundamentals. And they stuck in for each other and they defended well and they were resilient. I think all that... Do you think they had it that last year? Last year. They won seven of the last eight games and found no, a way in. And then the year before, they, they had more injuries than anybody. And they just fought their way yeah, in. I, I, I'm, I I'm saying that even the crux of... talking about ghosts of girlfriends past, like... Yeah, but that's we stuff keep that's talking about, been built, oh, you know, this ingrained. Yeah, well... Like, at the moment, I don't even see the but basics. you talked about all these, other, all these guys that aren't there. They're retired, or they're not there anymore. No, the last two years, a lot of those guys are still there. I'm not talking about those other ones. I'm talking about that was sort of feeding in it's even to the last two years. It's also about what's happening right now. I know. Because they certainly don't need a revision mirror at the Roosters. I don't they think... Need, they need a projection and a vision for what it is that they want to be and what it is that they're, they're working towards being. Hmm. But I still don't and think... how do the players that they've got mould into a style that's going to be successful in the future. But to even be just in the dogfight the other night, I don't think they're lacking the quality to be in a fight. Satili, the Butcher Brothers, Jared. See, I would argue that they are. I still I, think I there's think, enough quality there. I don't. To expect them to I do don't. better than what they've been doing. I don't. I think they've well, come Manu, back to the Tedesco, all those guys, do you don't think they've got enough quality there? No, I don't. To be throwing punches. To, to be what? A, a middle-of-the-pack team? Yeah. I don't even mean a middle-of-the-pack team. That's, that's I, I don't are. think they're that at the moment. But they're not. I think they could be a middle of the pack team, like a lower eight team. Yeah. But I'm not just questioning their style. Well, of football. I don't think they can win I'm, the comp. And I said general. that at the start of the year. I don't, I don't. I don't. I didn't see them as a threat to win the comp this year. Well, I'm feeling a little bit better about my Cowboys prediction if things keep going the way they are. But that's still very early doors. Yeah. As well. No, this isn't an I told you so moment. No. I, I just. Yeah. I, I, I don't right. think. I think they're a rung below where they where they were, and the challenge is right that when you fall a rung, you need to quickly identify how you get back up the rung. And I feel as though, if anything, they're going to drop another one. They're falling, slipping away further from where they were. Because, you know, and I, I would say that their recruitment hasn't been poor, but the players that they've brought in haven't fit into that to that style as you would have liked. Now, and this is where the argument comes, are you coaching to a style and the players need to fit into that style? Or are you creating a style for the players that you've got? Well, they're going to have to make some decisions fast because the two recruits... And I love what Robinson said in that, mate, I'm the man, it's my job to fix it, and this is the best part of coaching, and I agree with that. And I'm, 
I've got faith that he can he can get it right. Like he's no he's no dunce. He's been there for ten years and they've won three competitions. Like he's no yeah. he's no fool. This isn't a criticism of him. I also think that this is this I, is, I just feel like at the moment they Yeah, I I'm, I watch them and I, I'm not I, I struggle to follow what they're, yeah, what they're doing and who they are. But yeah. I also look at them as well. And again, I don't know what year it was. What was the year where Pierce was out, Roger was hurt, Frenner was hurt. They started at three, therefore they finished like second last. Was that 16 or 15? Yeah, 15. somewhere in there. This is the first time in a while, and I'm not saying this is the only reason, I can remember them having noise around them. And it all started with the Crichton situation, which wasn't ideal. The Riles thing not too long ago. Then we had the Walker talk very early in the piece, the Sawali situation, like the Roosters are generally the one that is the opposite of that as well. And there's been a lot said and heard behind the scenes this year. It's not exactly been, you know, all quiet on the Western front. They're one that generally just ticks along. You don't hear boo out of them. Whether it's a signing or a re-signing, it's all positive. I think this year's been a little bit different on that front as well, which probably points to what you're saying next year. I'm I'm a bit worried when you look at it, because in particular what they're delivering in their forwards, and then like the Walker situation, I'd want to rectify that pretty quickly, because here's your future. Um, Kiri's obviously not going to be there forever. Manu's better off going back into the centres for you. You know Suwali's out the door. Brandon Smith hasn't panned out so far, though, way they'd like with the form, the way he's played now, obviously. They've been just churned through a few key positions. Like, and then the only guys they churned through Flanagan. They churned through Pierce. They, oh, yeah. They're churning through Walker. They've churned through halves. And then the talk this week was, they mentioned about Pierce coming back. And I'm like, well... To play off the bench of all things, I'm like, well, I don't even understand the to thought. Do, to do what? And that's what I'm saying. That, that's my point. For though. what purpose? But even for that purpose, I'm like, what the fuck's the point of that? Like, that's your if point, that's where you're, you're starting to get to. making the point for me. And then, that's the point I'm trying to make. I think middle is probably the one thing where, so like the other night, like Jared still has the fire, um, but he was going to be on the way out. And then I think they've realised in the last couple of weeks, even some of the games he's missed, that he's still one of their most important pieces. And then at the end of the game, a lot of people go, well, that was a bit late and he got fired up. Then I think he was there the whole time, but there's an emphasis and a reason why they call it a forward pack. And there's only one person at the moment who's trying to get anything done in that pack, and it's him. And I quite enjoyed what he did at the end there. I think that was just a result of what happened. He obviously got a, a one-up over a lean where he come in and shot out of the line and put his head sideways. That was awful technique to lead to that concussion to put himself in doubt. And the, the Moses one, like you said, I... Oh, like I was talking about, the initial hit sort of led to the deflection that got the friendly fire there. And I think he just baited Lenya. He got him very good. <laughs> he did, Because when I, I, did, I, I usually agree with most things Ivan says, but I didn't agree with that at all. He's, ah, he was just looking for trouble. I thought Robinson pretty much summed up that it was good fun. It's good to watch and there's nothing really to see here. But oh, I thought he got Lenya hook, line and sinker. The young dog who's coming next year was supposed to be taking his spot now. They've kept him for a year. Tell you what I'd be doing day one. I'd be putting those two in a wrestle session. I'd be standing right fucking next to him to see what happens. <laughs> and his eyes were coming out of his head. Oh, he looked like a pit bull. All I could hear in my head when I was staring at him was that, ah, ah. And then Jared <laughs> threw the bottle at him. <laughs> wild pit bull. Yeah, well, every time they went to move him, all the boys were having to grab him. Critter, tiles, like fucking hell, he's still going. And then at the end there, I was like, are they going to let him out on the sideline? He was standing on the sideline with Kingston and a few guys around. And I'm like, come on. If I'm the cameraman, I'm like, yeah, come on. Go shake Jared's hand. Fine, Jared. <laughs> I just wanted to see it happen, but he laughed. I loved it. He got him. The bottle throw wasn't necessary enough, but again, he wasn't happy, and that's that's what big dogs do. And I think he was just letting him know. <laughs> you want to grab some more people, Jared? I know they won the game, but I think he's just making a point. I know he's going there next year, but he's not letting him know who runs the yard. So I love Jared. But overall, they got dominated. P 
Penrith just absolutely pounded them. Mm. If there's one thing we can speak to here in the last four seasons, their dominance, uh, obviously the, the non-winning year, but the awesome beginning of this in 2020, the premierships that have followed 21-22, this is their best defensive average so far. And we keep speaking about every single week. Why they figure out their attack, why they mould and change to having Kenny and Sony and trying to share the minutes or Kenny was getting them more the majority or playing more off their halves or a bit more ad-lib on their edges, a lot more turning under and deal. If there's one thing they've continued to step up, make the core of their game, which is a real reason they'll be a premiership threat again, it's their defence. It's outstanding. There you go. Um, they're conceding an average of 11 points. The next best, I think, is 18. And it's the best they've had in this four-year run. So if they stay on that trajectory, regardless of whether Cleary's in there for now or he's there at the back end of the year, you kick control get into arm wrestles like they do, cycle and defend that way, you're going to win majority football games. Yeah. They're a genuine threat. For the Roosters... Well, the, the fact is that they they know their strengths, they know how to play, and they mm. defend well. I think your other thing with the Roosters, like you said, at times I think they try to outsmart themselves, like Hutchison in, like Billy Smith pulled out late there, but again, that's also comes back to a roster and recruitment. If Hutchison's your best option there to stick out at centre, to go one-on-one with Stephen Crichton, I think you've got a big problem. To plug in if that's your only option, but between that, Sand and Smith playing nine rather than just playing him in the halves and then putting Manu back out, like there's things like that they looked at and just go, well, you know, just play him, play him where they play. Mm. I think Turpin did a pretty deep, like he got battered, but 60 something tackles and the job he's had to do the last two weeks. He'll put his gloves up, but there's just other small ones like that that I'm looking at now going, well, especially in this situation right now, if Smith is an NRL quality player and you're struggling at the spot there, put Manu back to where he belongs, put two genuine halves in there. You're probably going to have to lie on your back rowers to do a good job defending him and the Butcher Brothers because they're two small halves. But put some genuine halves into those positions and Manu back out there and get him some early ball and try and reignite this thing. Agree, yeah. But 100%. it's going to be interesting to see how they respond. Penrith, on the other hand, can't heap enough praise on them. The, the worst part, obviously, is the back end of the game, like we said, Moses. Um, and then, obviously, Martin. Martin's in origin. They've got a game this week against the Cowboys up there, uh, which will be difficult. Moses was capped too, so he's in a position to get cleared to play. And they're going to need all the help they can get with the bodies they've got going in origin. But mind you, North Queensland had two extras get caught in. So we'll look at the lineups when we get to it, but that could be very interesting. That game. Yeah, um, absolutely. And again, talk about context of the season. Huge for the Cowboys. Opportunity to jag one. Uh, Storm up against the Sharks, 54-10. This was back and forth for about five or ten minutes, and then they just ran right. But if you're going to complete at 63%, I don't know what you expect. Yeah. And that's not to take anything away from Melbourne, but you give that much football and quality field position, they're going to absolutely run right. But when a guy like Craig Bellamy comes out and says that was putrid, you can expect a response. And it was family day in Melbourne, which is a big occasion for them. And Munster had 27 runs, 200-plus metres. He'd had an absolute fucking field day. He was dangerous. And I'm going to say it again, and I'm sick of saying it again. It sounds like I don't like the bloke. I've got a beef, and like we say it here, nothing's ever personal. But from a coaching perspective, how it's taken this long still to realise about Matt Moylan defensively, everything that was negative that happened on that edge and people were bagging out Talakai and the back row and those around him, they're not. there's a lot going on on that edge for one reason, because everything's going at Matt Moylan. He missed 10 tackles. The one where Remus Smith literally... Just had him there one-on-one with no space on the short side, bumps him and he falls over. Like, they smashed his inside, his outside. I'm, I'm, I'm 
pretty pretty big on Fitzy, and I think he's going to do a hell of a job there and a really good job. But he's stuck loyal. I think they've used it at least players at this point in time, and I don't think they've been playing that well. But yeah, well, the, the one that's really it. got me, even when Nico wasn't there, and I said this at the time, I think Braden Trindle outplayed Matt Moylan. I think Braden Trindle is a better footballer than Matt Moylan. I think Connor Tracy is a better footballer than Matt Moylan. Mm. Mm. Metcalf was there. I like Metcalf more than I like Matt Moylan. I don't understand. Is, is it is it the worry of what I said before? You're building more the coach than I am. That they're worried that Trindle is more a genuine seven and can't play a secondary role. Is it the whole thing about having the three? running style ex-fullback ball players and sideline to sideline and long shifts and linking. Like, I just think Trindle brings so much more and defensively you can't get any worse. He gives you an extra goal-kicking option. He gives you a great right foot kick. He's hit a couple of 40-20s. He's yeah. a tough little bastard. Mm-hmm. He's a good runner. I think the Sharks are a better football team if Braden Trindle is in the halves than Matt Moylan. And I don't know how much more you have to watch of him getting just drilled on that every week because I've won a lot of money, in particular this year, betting on it. Yeah. But, yeah, in terms of that middle... I, I see your point. I just I, don't know how I much more... Like, I see your point. It's one thing to bring it up every so often, but it's fucking... It's there. Constantly. It's eating away at you, isn't it? It's eating away at me it's because I'm like, well, you. fucking, like... you got a good cup team, too. Like, the, the middle side of thing, I don't know if you're going to be able to fix it because in terms of what they have there, the only guy they're really missing is a Rudolph. But I said this at the time. Like, there's a good reason Dale Finucane didn't get 700000 in the years he wanted at Melbourne. I think Dale Finucane... Is on the decline, and it's year two, and he's had calf injuries and a few little things there. Um, you know, Oregon Gafusi, I think, is a good signing, but between like him, Rudolph, Hemanwelle, and like Hunt, they're all like short minute burst and power players. But again, against those packs in the grind in the finals, like they don't really have one key standout middle. I think they got really. I think they got an outstanding back five. Yeah. I think their half situation could be better. They got a solid nine. And Britton Nakora is an absolute gun. T. Will has proven to be a good one. But in terms of middle rotation and then, yeah, your half set up, I don't understand how you can ignore the other guy that's there. I really don't. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, you know my thoughts on it. Are they playing this week? Or they got the boy? Who? They got the dogs this week. Nico's been... Dr- like, if they don't fucking respond in epic fashion this week, having Nico there... They've got no one in origin, do they? Nico was only one. That's it. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> That's it. So it's all you did. They're back to exactly what we said. Origin periods go time for them. They've had two bad results. They've had the Warriors capitulation during the year. The Dolphins blow out. It's time to pay the piper. You got the doggies. Fox is out. I know Pangai will be back in this week, but the way they've been going so far and the way their middle is. Uh, and they've been in most games because they're just, you know, gritty and competitive. They've got a lot of young guys in. They've got 10 guys under 50 games. They're sort of going through that phase like a Penrith or that did where you blood Oluapus, Alamotis, all these sort of guys, and they're probably going to have to see it through through next year as well with the sprinkling of your kick-out and your Crichtons as they bring them in. But if the Sharks are legit, and I'm pretty sure it's at the Priz this week, of what's been going on the last two weeks, you fucking rain hellfire down on the Bulldogs this week. That's, yeah, exactly right. Like, if you don't, and again the noise about their top eight record, then you cop 54 and go 0 and 6 this year. It's going to be the same chat. But they've used the least amount of players. They haven't been playing that well. And then again, like I just been banging on it since the start. And in particular, those two, when they played together, I thought Trindle was obviously the better one. And then he just gets drilled for almost 
majority of the tries or the plays on the weekend. Like, I don't know at what point you just go, right, Matt, you're going to get a play for the Jets. Mm. The goddamn Jets. Is Trindle playing at the moment or healthy? Is there something I'm missing on that regard? I haven't been seeing a lot of the cup. Have you got the Jets coming up at any stage? Yeah, I think we've got them in about a month. Or have you videoed them at all? We played him, played him about a month ago. Was that? Oh, I'm just wondering if he's healthy or he's not playing. Because fortunate, even fortunate, like again, uh, right? fortunate that he didn't play against us. I've watched Tracy on the way through as well, and I like Tracy as a half a fullback. So I like him in, in all aspects, but as a football in general, I still like him more, even in that regard. So this weekend they've named their team. Kind of Tracy's out. Even Atkinson, they just put up to the top thirty. They played him off the bench on the weekend and gave him a token. Ten minutes. I sort of don't understand, but. No, Trindle's named at six. And Tracy must be up in the NRL squad, which we'll that see. Mate, there's if the New South Wales Cup draw this weekend, click on it because Newtown play the Warriors. They're both in the top five. You've got the Bulldogs who play the Panthers. They're both top three. We play Parramatta. That's a very big game. Dragons Magpies is a big game. Rabbitohs Bears is a big game. Like everyone that is playing each other this weekend in. New South Wales Cup are in a similar sort of position. Well, Parramatta get anyone. I watched Parramatta play the Dogs and get wiped by 60. Who have they Who have they got in there? Wanga Blake's back in the team. He didn't play the other day. Yeah. Other than that, it looks pretty much the same. Many Luke got a knock at the end. He's named, so that'll be interesting to see. Is Wanga Blake named in the NRL team? Nico Apello, jo- Robbie Graham. Is that Robbie Graham, Robbie Graham? Yeah. Interesting, because I know that name, Matt Albert. Six in NRL. Uh, I had the lineups. Who'd you say? Wanga Blake. Is he at the extended? Twenty-one. So he could come in and play. Who? Dumpstar, Murchie, Rodwell, Wanga Blake, and Lane. If Lane's back in, those guys will all go down. If what? Sorry. If Lane is back in, he's in jersey twenty-two. Someone's definitely going down. Yeah, but like they've double named, haven't they? Hayes, Hayes Dunster and... Hayes Dunster. All the guys on the bench Rosal, besides Lane. Were named in New South Wales all Cup. four besides Lane were named in New South Wales Cup. Yeah, okay. There you go. And who are their half situations? So they've stuck with R- RC and Madison. See, I think what might happen is Russell might go to fullback, Gutherson will go to six, and uh, they'll bring an OB in, which I think would be Wong and Blake. But what would I know? I thought RC was pretty good. I think RC is was. a good footballer. I'm, I'm surprised at North Queensland. I'm saying that I don't think Madison will play Six. six. Well, what's going on with Hodgson? He was injured last week. He pulled out and someone they didn't even know about. It. I heard Gutherson or someone on the radio or maybe Moses say that they walked past Luke and Rudy going, what's going on? Why are you not playing cup? And he's like, oh, I'm on the bench. They didn't even know that Hodgson was out until game day. So Hodgson was injured? Well, he's not named again, so I don't know what the issue is, but he's not even in the squad. So okay. didn't hear anything, but I just heard them on the radio after because when I got there... I thought on the- they said he was injured. Yeah, well, I, I don't know what the injury is there. It was a bit like last week. We were talking about Weary McGregor. Didn't hear nothing. And then two days later, they come out and say he's got a Liz Frank fracture and he's basically done for the season. He had surgery, yeah. So, yeah. yeah it's a bit, bit going on at Parramatta. Yeah, well, when I turned up, I was like, this looks like a pretty underwhelming team. Then I look at the Bulldogs team. It was stacked. And then it was 22 now after 10 minutes. I was like, yeah, this ain't going to be pretty. Yeah. Finished up 62-12 or something like that. It was, it was a fair shellacking. Let's put it that way. It's not going to help us on Saturday, though. Mm. But moving on from that one, uh, the last one, Eels Dogs, just spoke about that there for that. Uh, they got a really good turnout for the public holiday. It's a good atmosphere. And, um, yeah, I thought it's pretty much how it's been the whole year. I think the Dogs are 
competitive, but they're just lacking a bit of quality, in particular their middle. Like Max King, Edwards, Hughes, like the guys are sort of playing there at the moment and what they've come on. I know they've done some positive recruitment when you look at it, like Crichton's coming, Kikau's been injured for the majority of the year, Fox, Marnie, Burton, like you sprinkle all that in. And yes, like I mentioned before, when I looked at it in the top of my head the other day, I think it's eight or nine guys there that have barely played a year, let alone even 50 games of NRL. So you're still going to have to work with Alamotti, Avrilo, all these sort of guys that are trying to reach that sort of mark and Rajad, Olawapu, etc. But, um, yeah, in particular, the middle and what they've recruited there. Like, they recruited Ryan Sutton this year. He's been in and out, and then he played cup the other day. Luke Thompson's been injured the whole time, but his whole time there in general has been pretty disappointing. Yeah. So... And Pangai, like, no one was looking for Pangai. They reached out, spent a fortune. I know that was before Gus got there. But you're sitting on him $900,000 and you're looking at him and Thompson and the sort of money, and you're like, your middles are just fucking ordinary. Hmm. But you can't win a game if you can't go forward. That's true. I must say, the introduction of Raja, they looked very dangerous. And only my opinion, but I would be considering for them for the rest of this year and you're the smarter one than me, so you'll probably say I'm a fucking idiot, but I'd look at moving Burton or Olapu to 13, and I'd play Rajat in the halves with one of those two. Who to 13? Either Olapu or Burton, and I'd play Rajat in the halves. No. The way they were moving when he got on and the way those three were linking up, <sighs> it almost looked like Olapu was playing more as a 13. I'd play Rajat one. But I think they're looking long-term at Olapu to be a 13. But I think he's going to grow into a fair man, like he's only 18 now. But... I think he's more sort likely of, to see Raja bend up at one or mould into a 40. Well, I think Perham's been one of their more consistent players. And then yeah, I'm just saying, what's, Crichton, what's the, Crichton was supposedly going there to be a fullback. So, again, we don't know that's going to Haven't they just told both their centres to look elsewhere? Well, I think because of the money they spent, they're interested, but they don't know if they're going to be able to keep it, both of them. Alan Moddy's talking to the Cowboys. He was already on a big wedge, so I think their argument there is he's obviously not going to take a downgrade. They're probably looking at him going, we've already been paid a fair bit. And it was on potential. Avarillo is a different situation, but kid, I don't man. think he'll be there. I think Avarillo will end up elsewhere. I like Avarillo. Yeah, I prefer him as a one, though, than I do a centre. But that's the position they've chopped and changed constantly. Then the weekend, Gus said they wanted to play Blake Wilson at fullback to get a look at him. He played well on cup. But again, compared to Avarillo or Perham, I think I'd rather stick one of those two. There's a lot of moving parts at the Bulldogs. Mm. But I just sort of sat there the other day going, for all the recruitment, all the upside and the OBs... Potentially what you could get in one of those two young halves with Burton, and Marnie and that. I just looked at their middle and thought their middle is very disappointing. There's no doubt they've got a lot of they've got a lot of lower tier depth. Oh yeah. But, but they're it's just top about squad. Trying to translate that into NRL talent. But I think I think you've got your edges sorted. I think Preston's been probably one of the steals of the year. Mm. Preston kick out. always got to be, you know, and this was a question when you know, Penrith were building the side that they've got now. It's it's always can you see that player in a premiership winning team? Playing a playing a vital role in a premiership team, and that, I guess that's how you, that's how you eventually build and get there. Well, they've I guess it's also it. about what players they're surrounded with, and like we were speaking about before, you know, the style of play that you have, the players that you put around it, and how you build. Well, they're talking about what's going to happen with Thompson. They haven't spoke to him yet. If Thompson's staying, it's for fucking half of what he's on. Let's put it that way. Who? Luke, Luke Thompson. Thompson. And in terms of what they've got internally, like... Well, he just doesn't play any footy. I'm just yeah, not sure that there's going to be... They brought him, I think, the first year of COVID. This is his third or his fourth season. 
Is he off this year? He's off this year. Yeah, but I, I'm, I'm, I wouldn't feel. I, I wouldn't think he's going to get resigned. They were the in, they were interested in Daniel Saifidi apparently hit up Newcastle because there was leaks coming out of there, but they've apparently shut that down. They need middles. Their middles awful. I also want to know when Pungai's off. Pungai, for how hot and cold he is, but they they need to get some middles. So next year, no offense to you, but Mo is off. That's number one sort of bloke on my hit list. They need a genuine. Decent middle. Payne Haas would be probably not... Yeah, well, they're least. talking about him, but it's the same thing, like, in conjunction with him being mates with Pungai. So you're handcuffing, again, yourself to somebody and then needing to pay a million dollars to get him while he's on 900. Like, this whole handcuffing business. But they, they seriously need to address their middle. Um, you know, we're, we're in the form of trying to find a bit of balance there. The, the, Taniela Pasaka, Manly, there's another one I'm sitting there Gerard talking to. Jerome is a prop. He ain't a prop. Yeah, well, I'm not the one who makes his fucking page, but... All we care about is the deals that are there, but they're two names that stand out at me in particular if you're looking for a marquee front row. Yeah. Haas, obviously, there. I, don't, I can't see Haas leaving. And if he is leaving, it's going to be going to Rugby Union on a squillion dollars. I think Brisbane will find the money for that. But if it's on the proviso that he's coming down because Pengai's his mate and that's sort of a handcuff deal, well, then I don't want it. Cause so that's off contract at the end of next year, is it? This is for, for next year to start negotiating. So coming into 2023, yeah. with what they've for already recruited. Then. If yeah. you're looking at them going yeah. to get in 2025, like who can you talk to? Mo Fodawaker, I'd certainly be talking to. Tanya Paseca, I'd certainly be talking to. And Haas, like you said, but if it's only be, if Pungai's there and you're them on that side of things, well, I'm like, that's not that's not a deal I'm willing to swindle. Yeah. But they need to address their middle because what positives they've had in certain positions, that is one thing... Most weeks, like Max King, I know a lot of people, he does a good job, but he's a bench prop. He's not an every week starting NRL prop. Yeah. Luke Thompson, they're not getting value for money. I'm sure if he's healthy, could he prove that? But again, I'm, I'm trying to think how many years is it? Was it the first year or second year of COVID that he came? I'm sure. So we're probably talking three seasons now. You've seen nowhere near enough to indicate what you're going to get. Um, looking at the deal now. So Pungai's still on next year for 900k again. Then he's off. If I'm talking to Payne Haas, he'll be like, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll keep him. You just sign. We'll put you on a million dollars. But who else they got off? New Brown, Braden Burns, Declan Casey, Sam Hughes is the other young prop. He's off. He's had a couple of games. Ockenbore. Reynolds is off. Like, again, how Raja didn't get in over him, I'm surprised. And Corey Waddell's off. I think the majority of those will probably won't be there. If I'm being honest. Yeah. And yeah, Alamotti and Avril, I don't think they're going to be able to afford either. They've both played good enough for board to warrant a contract, but with the money they've spent elsewhere, mm. um, I think that's going to be probably a bridge too far. But yeah, this one, it was sort of that 10-minute period where Eels went bang, bang, bang. Gutherson gets a hat-trick in no time. Pungai rushed out at him, cut back on the inside. Another time he did it, and then he came up with an error in the second half. It was a bit of a slower burn. Second half, and they had a positive start where Oluapu, again, showed his potential. Dug into the line, beat three or four blokes and offloaded for Burton, but um, they iced it at the end. Sevo drove his way over into the corner. Moses played a good game. Gusson was good. Uh, Reg, good return along with Paulo. And they're, they're keeping their season alive, obviously. And I think the big one, I haven't really heard it yet, but a lot of frustrated Bulldogs fans walking out yesterday about, like, we're in the same fucking spot we were again. And people questioned it's right already. I'm like, let's try to be probably a little bit. A little bit fair. It's almost been a decade cycle of bad contracts and we have to wait and poor old... Uh, now I can't even think of his bloody name. It was Dean Pay. Dean Pay ate the shit sandwich for him. 
and dealt with the bad contracts and the situation, and they were a hard-working team. And then they've gone to Baz, um, and they obviously spent some of that money, and then you got the Flanagan and Kotrick and a couple of deals there that they tried to move off straight away, and then now they've talked about, again, their situation and spending money and their cap situation and moving forward. I, I guess, again, asking for patience is very, very hard when it's been a long time and you've been stuck on this roller coaster. But I think it's a bit early to be going off already about your coach. You come into next year, like mm-hmm. we said, I, I think it's a, some pretty big names there, but you get into next year with Kickout back on deck, Crichton on deck, Marnie, Burton, etc., and that, and you're not playing any better football, then you've got some cause for concern. Yeah. Especially if they go on to win Queensland, oh, sorry, New South Wales Cup, two years running, or be like at the top end of that, and what you're producing under that. What you bring it through your pathways and then your recruitment. If they flop again next year and miss out, well, then you go, well, what was all this for? Spent nine under an M, nine under an M, or took all these Penrith players and a couple other guys around it, and what, what has it got us? But yeah, I think right. it's a bit early to be suddenly point the finger at Serato when, again, if you look at the injuries and what they've got this year, how much footage kick out played? Fox missed a portion of the time, got a lot of kids playing, got no middles. Like, I don't think you can judge them off this year. The fans are frustrated, and again, what do you expect when you've gone through this sort of period of time? Like, when was Desi gone? The grand final was 14? Yeah. And then 15... Yeah, yeah, it was 14. It was 15 or 16, I can't remember if he lasted only one more year. So, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, like, it's been almost eight years. Mm. And they've just watched it, like we said, go from pay having to work through that cycle, the bad end there, and the cap situation with Des couple of years of bads and, you know, some bad contracts again and then this cycle of just feeling like we're fucking doing the same thing over and over again. Mm. It's interesting when you do go, though, and hear it. That's all. There's a lot of frustration already. I was like, all right. And then I saw Gus tweet out yesterday, same sort of things again. Real positives in our New South Wales cut, lots of effort, but 10 minutes here and there, and it's just people... So all... frustration with Serato is what we're talking about. Oh, fans are frustrated just in general. I'm like, well, it's just the start of this sort of new setup again, but I guess when you've been dealing with it for eight years, they're fucking sick of it. They're overweighting. Yeah. All I can say to you guys, and no offence, because they're probably not going to like it again, is try being a Tigers fan. Or a Titans fan. <laughs> there you go. I've got one sitting right next to me. But, yeah, mm. there's a lot of frustration. Man. So, there you go. But for Parramatta, Darcy played his role, that's for sure. Yeah. Did a good job. Um, sort of preparing for him to be playing New South Wales Cup this weekend, but that sort of... Nah. With the Dylan Brown... Well, just the Dylan Brown thing sort of came out of nowhere, so he would have been playing New South Wales Cup. Well, watching him as a junior, then seeing him play when he did for Penrith that time, when he was like 18, 19 for the Cowboys, I thought, he's a handy player. Good player. I was surprised they moved off him so fast up there, but obviously with Deard and Dufty, a couple of the guys they've got, they felt they had more of the pipeline, but... yeah. Um, that move last year and then the move again to the Warriors or picking up a contract later, I thought, man, there's a lot of clubs you could do with a guy like Dejan Arson. Absolutely. He's certainly not someone I'd be giving up on yet. I don't even know if he's 22 yet. He's very good in New South Wales. So, uh, very handy pickup. Could play fullback, could play centre, could play in the halves. Um, but yeah, Parramatta it was pretty much done in that 10-minute period. And yeah, that sort of effort there from Pungawa, I'm pretty sure they probably moved off him anyway, but I think, if anything, they gave him enough ammo after the results in the second half and then saying that not to pick him again. Yeah. So, but yeah, I just thought 
Tuvita. Rajid's introduction at the end and the linking between him and Oluwapu and Burton, they looked like that a bit more attacking flair. For the two. I think DJ Khaled needs to be on the field more and playing rugby league. Yeah, DJ Khaled, very good. Good player, good player. But that wraps up the reviews of the games from the weekend. Thanks to Sinclair, Hyundai, Penrith. Let Toby and the crew get you moving there. Corner of York Road and Bat Street, SinclairHyundai.com.au. Let's have a look at this short and round box head. Thanks to bluebet.com.au. If you're going to have a bet with anyone, make sure you do it with the true blue bookie. And the team lists, I'll get them up here and we'll have a look at what we're working with. And again, that charity account win last week with Teddy, 775 in the kitty. And hopefully we'll be cracking the 1,000 very, very soon. Alrighty, so first game we've got for the shortened round is Cowboys-Panthers Friday, 8 o'clock up in North Queensland. Kyle Felt returns on the wing. Zach Labert comes back into the centres. Valame holds his wing spot. They've got Dearden back this time because he's not in as 18th man. Uh, Hess comes into the starting side, into the front row. Granville into nine as well with Robson. Luki, Leilua, and Tamalolo is back. That's a big in. And their bench this week. McIntyre comes in. Griffin Neem, Tanoa Brown, and Kula Kefe. Uh, for the Penrith side of things, we know Toto, Yo, Luai, Martin, and Crichton. Five representatives, same as the Cowboys. Plus, obviously, we know Cleary is missing. So for them, Peachy comes back into the centres to partner Tago. Tom Jenkins called in on the wing. I'm pretty sure it was his debut last year against the Cowboys up there. Mm. So, gets another opportunity. Cogger and Semin are the six and the seven. Moses has been named in the front row for now. Hosking returns in the back row. Eisenhuth the lock. And your bench is Sony, Lindsay Smith, Spencer Lenu, and Luke Garner. Um, in terms of late changes there, if they end up losing Moses, Liam Henry, or Eddie Black are probably the ones to come in. On the flip side there, I thought for the Cowboys... Actually, no, that makes sense, sorry. I forgot about the fact that Tommy was there, that maybe there you might have seen Duffy or Jake Burke get a look in, but they've got Dean and Chad. So I think up there, this situation with the coverage that they've got, I'm going to go to Cowboys. Blue eye, one thing, but their guys they've got out. Salmon and Cogger as your halves up against Dearden and Townsend. Yeah, I'll go Cowboys. Then um, the bench, I, like, I'll take... Name probably on my bench as compared to the few they've got there. Tom Malolo's a big in. But I think Penrith will certainly give them all they can handle. Yeah, they will. As they always do. Uh, interested at the odds one with this one with bluebet.com.au but the Cowboys, they're the outsiders. Wow. $2.30. Uh, so like I said before, Penrith building that game off defense and see if they can <laughs> do it again. A dollar sixty two are the Panthers with Blue Bet minus three and a half is the line there. Second game starts on Super Saturday. I'm pretty sure they've got three there still this week. Knights and Roosters at McDonald James. And the way they played last week, I think they're a good shout. You've obviously got Ponga still there as he's not playing Origin this year. I think he said the other day that he's ruled himself out for the whole series, but just for this year. Yeah, well. Well, I think they asked the question, what if Ponga... Oh, sorry, if Walsh goes down and, and he said just for this year, apparently had a chat with Billy and he said to him that he owes it to Newcastle and himself and all that to focus on just playing club footy. So that's interesting. Mm. But we'll see if that really is the case if Walsh went down. But 
They've obviously got him. They've still got Gagai. Um, Gamble gets another run in the halves with Hastings. Frizzell missing. Dylan Lucas gets a second crack in the back row. Fitzgibbon returns there as well. Um, and that's the only really changes for them there. Maju is the other one who's out. Anari Tawala called in on the wing there. So that one's interesting. I would like to know if he's dropped. Hey, there you go. He failed to meet team standards after he missed the team bus. So huh? Greg Maju has oh. been dropped for being late for the bus. He missed oh. the bus. He'd gone into the casino. Someone forgot to set the alarm. He got a bit of extra shadow away and he missed it. He up. was at the treasury. Oh, yes. Uh, on the rooster side of things, Joey Manu goes to fullback in the absence of James Tedesco. Luke Keary goes to 5'8". Sandon Smith starts at halfback and with Lindsay Collins gone, Nat Butcher moves to props. Tilly Tupanua to the back row and Afahu White comes in the lock. Billy Smith is back after a sternum injury last week. Hutchison goes back to the bench and Terrell May is the new face with Matt Lodge off the back of his Barry Crocker last weekend, dropped out of the team. And looking at the extended squad, if there's possibly any late movement, CR uh, Wong or Su Wong, who, you know, a lot of talk coming into the season. I haven't <coughs> heard or seen much of him in Cup. He's still a new kid. Mate, I, he should have been playing first grade earlier. Well, He's too good for New South Wales Cup. There you go. I, I thought he was a fairly handy player, but I haven't seen much of him this year. Docker Clay I saw on the bench last week. You got to look in. Yeah. Uh, 18. That was after they played us. He, he was good against us. And... Tui Katoa was good against you, old Tui. Yeah, I, I, thought. Loved, I love Tui, man. And Elza Kim I thought was good at Parramatta. He's in the extended squad there, but... Yeah. Uh, in particular, Wong was the one I was really wondering about because I thought he looked really good last year. He was only 18. And then I watched him play in the World Cup, and I was like, fucking hell, he's a bit of a specimen for an 18-year-old. Yeah. So I was just wondering how he'd been playing this year, but who knows, maybe a bit of change-up. Maybe they should throw him in the back row, get one of the other butchers playing at the lock. Nafahu, I'm also a fan of White. I think he's a pretty good player. But what do you reckon about this one? I reckon uh, Newcastle are a pretty good chance in Newcastle. On form, you'd have to say. Like Frizzell and Mar- Marju's a big out in terms of what he offers in at yardage. Like, generally, you just keep going the roosters, but they've bit me that many times now. I think McDonald Jones is not an easy place to play. A couple little moves they've made, the roosters. Well, I'm I'm going the Knights. I'm going the roosters. I like what I saw last (laughs) week. But I do at least agree with the fact that you're playing a centre at centre, a half at half, etc. What they've done here. Satili, I prefer on an edge than a middle. White certainly does a good job there. Um, Brown, May, Crichton off the bench. It's a pretty handy bench, but... Yeah, Billy Smith back in the centre. Marno at one. Certainly be interested to watch him. The odds there were split on this one, but with bluebet.com.au, the Knights, $1.53 favourite. So if you like the Roosters, $2.50 minus 5.5 is the line in that one. The 5.30 game, Eels and Manly. At, uh, is it Bank West? It is Bank West or Combank, whatever you want to bloody call it these days. But Paulo and Moses out of the side. They've got Ryan Madison named at 5'8", and Junior Paula. Off the Ogden comes in to start. Off Gowie joins the bench, so back from that calf injury already. That's a positive for them. Josh Hodgson was a late withdrawal with a neck injury, so there you go. Wasn't sure what the go is, but he's not named there. And for the Eagles, Jake Arthur comes back <laughs> this week. Play with us on the weekend. I'll tell you what, a very impressive kicking game. Mm, very, very impressive, impressive kicking game. It was good. <clears throat> KO Weeks moves to fullback. That's the moves, obviously, for DC and Tommy. Samuel, Samuel Fanu starts 
uh, in the back row, Ethan Bullimore on the bench, but they could swap roles. And that, that's such <clears throat> a big improvement and just a big development for that kid. Mm. Going from, you know, start of the year, he was struggling to play New South Wales Cup. Just not, not so much physically, but just mentally trying to get his head around, playing against men and, you know, the lessons that go with that. And to be where he is now, it's just such a credit to him. It's, yeah, good to see him. Oh. Get the start. I think going back to the Roosters team, you know, I was talking before about just a couple of changes they need to make to their style and that they some things I would change. Like they've made two changes that I would have made a couple of weeks ago. Like they've moved Nat Butcher into the front row. I think they were getting enough out of him too slow as a back row. Moves Satilli from lock into the into the back row, which I think is a good move. They were playing the Butcher Boys in the back row. Egan, yeah, I can cop there. I'd still be playing Wong. I'd be starting Wong in the back row. Like, if if he's a player of the future, I'd get him in there and, and let him play. I think Egan Butcher's more a toiler. And just moving Manu back to one. If you're going to pick Sandon Smith, he's not a one, he's a seven. So I think there's there's a few moves there that, hence why I've tipped the Roosters. Yeah, we're talking about the Manly game now. No, I know that. Yeah. I just, it was rolling around in my head and I was. Yeah. I was trying to think about what, I, what I'd say. Yeah. I've lost him. He's fucking. No, no, you haven't, <laughs> you haven't lost me. Nah. You haven't lost me at all. I was just going oh, back. I understand what you're saying. Going back to the point I before. Picking a seven as a seven, a center yeah. as a center. Well, I think that might have been the fact you said that. that so Billy Smith goes back into that spot. Manu goes yeah. back to one. Sandin comes in and plays his natural position. Yeah. He can help out Kiri. Yeah. Um, their bench is pretty good. It's just, I guess, the fact that this like year. Playing Smith as a nine or playing Smith as a as a one. Utility or one, yeah. But. He's a seven. Yeah. Pick him as a seven. And I guess this week, maybe, like I said, with the injuries or the changes. Robbo's out from under the doona. He's coming out from the doona. He's clearly got the players this week to put it back to how he feels like he's moved everyone. Yeah, like Butcher's, Butcher's a middle man. Like, he's not a, he's not a back Butcher row. was a lock coming through. He's Egan, not gonna, he's Egan not... is the one who has some leg speed and a bit more impact. He can play an edge. But Warm's nah. a better player than Egan Butcher. I'm sorry. Well, there but... you go. So they clearly don't agree at the moment, but... No, and that's okay. Yeah. I'm comfortable with I'm with you. I said it last year. I, I like him. I think he's an error player. Yeah, he's too but I haven't seen him play cup this year, so I wasn't too sure. Too good for yourself, I was cut. There you go. In my humble. So, there you go. But back to the para game. Uh, look at this one. As big outs as DCE um, and Turbo are, I think Arthur is a very steady hand. The forward pack's intact, and it's pretty much the same side as last week. Weeks at one, I know it's been hit and miss so far. I thought they may have considered... Garrick back to one, and I know Parker's not available right now, so that means they'd have to either consider Harper or somebody else to go into the centre, so they've opted against that. But you look at Parramatta, Madison and Arcee, you know, take Paulo out. Um, what's on their bench? I think they'll certainly be competitive, but I might go Manly. Yeah, I think Manly will be winning. But big one, like I said, in context of both seasons, for, for these two and that log jam in the middle. Um, and let's look at the odds with bluebet.com.au. They're on Parramatta at $1.53. The Eagles, $2.50, minus 4.5 the line there. And to wrap up, Super Saturday, Campbelltown. The old Tiggity Tigers up against the Melbourne Storm. And, you know, they lose Harry Grant. And obviously, uh, Cameron Munster as well. Christian Welsh is suspended. Ellie Katoa. Hurt his eye. I'm not sure how severe that is. That's not great. Uh, and Xavier Coates. So they've got five outs on the other side. Obviously, things were building nicely for the Tigers, but Coruscant busted jaw. Luke Brooks blew a hemi on the chase. 
Dana Laurie um, out as well, and you took a mano. So, what are they? It was actually interesting. What are, what are they named? Lake and who? Stafford Tower. Stafford Tower is the <clears> six. <throat> Buller at fullback. Nofa, Naden, Kapoa, and Junior Tupo. Yeah. Bole, Simpkin, Clemmer is the front row. The back row is Papali'i, Sean Bloor, John Bateman pushes the lock. And then Talon de Silva, the hooker, is debuting off the bench. Tommy Talao, Twile, and Safarth. <laughs> Safarth. For Melbourne, it's Pezzett's first game back from a broken collarbone. He goes in the halves with Hughes. Uh, OB's George Jennings comes in on the wing to replace Coates. They've got Tui, Bronson, Garlic starting at nine. I was interested to see who he played there. Uh, Nelson into the front row and the back row. Sims slots in with Liero with Katara out with the eye. King from the bench. They've got Wishart, Eisenhuth, McDonald and Penne. What day is this game? This is Saturday night, 7.30 at Campbelltown. <sighs> You said this to me the other week. You're like, Melbourne play at Campbelltown. I'm commentating at 5 o'clock, so I, I shan't be going. I reckon no one will be there, and I would have enjoyed going. This will be a struggle, I reckon. What are we? We play at 3 o'clock at Combank before the first grade. Well, years prior, with the Kiwi influence we had, I was always pretty confident. This year is a bit different. Um, and then, yeah, to lose Ali Katara on top um, with the eye injury certainly doesn't help. And then Welch getting suspended. But Tui and Nelson, it's going to take big minutes there. I think he'll probably roll Eisenhuth and McDonald, Penne, like a bit more often unless he tries to roll Eisenhuth on an edge and move Sims in. Sims played 50 last week. Um, yeah. We had most of the ball on that. But like I said, he didn't do much of a preseason. So they've been giving him minutes in Queensland Cup, making him play 70 in the middle yeah. to sort of get some juice in his legs. But... Uh, I don't know. For the, the Tigers side of things, a bit of an odd bench. Like, Twile and Safarth are going to have to play some minutes. But to have Talao and De Silva, what their plan is there between him and Simpkin, for a kid, like you said, who's only played two cup games, it's a pretty big ask. Yeah, 100%. But, yeah, I don't know. Tower at six is interesting. He's played one mostly coming through in the junior Kiwi sort of set up. They've talked about him playing the halves before. It's a lot on Wakeham, obviously. have to be a lot cleaner this week than what he was last week. Like you said in your <clears throat> in our review, yeah, he come up with a few errors which cost uh, cost the Tigers against the Titans. That's for sure. If I'm going to be honest, I still think the Tigers should win. But I'm tipping Melbourne. I don't know. I'm tipping the Melbourne Storm team. Yeah, I'll go Melbourne too. Generally, I try to do the reverse jinx, but I'll go the Storm. Not with a lot of confidence, and the odds in this one. The Tigers, $2.85 outside with bluebet.com.au. Bit of value if you like the Tiggies. Storm, $1.42. Minus 7.5 is the line. And then the last one to wrap us up is a single game on Sunday. It is the Sharks at the prison against the Doggies. And like we said, Nico Hines is obviously not playing Origin. Matt Moylan retains his spot there. Royce Hunt, he's uh, had surgery after the hip drop that got Welch suspended. So Oregon Kafusi comes in to start with Hemanwele. Uh, back row, Nikora, Wilton, and Finnegan. And you've obviously got McInnes, Graham Williams, and Tommy Hazelton. So they've kept pretty much the same side except that forced out for the Doggies. Addo Carr is the lone man missing there. Fatala Mariner is still out sick. Luke Thompson still gone with that foot injury. So that middle stays as it was last week. Batolo... Pungai, Harrison Edwards, then the bench. They've got Moran, King, and Waddell. So, 
like I said, for me, the Sharks at the Priz, if they're serious, they need to win and win well. Yes, they do. Simple. <clears throat> and, again, I know draws aren't an indicator of everything, but they've had some losses here. They've played two good teams the last two weeks. They're coming to a period now where I think they've got, like, the Dragons, the Dogs, and that coming up the next few weeks. So if they want to make sure that they at least solidify their spot in the eight, that top four spot's looking a lot shakier now that they would have been hoping for, they need to win these next few. But especially off the back of the disappointment and particularly getting to keep Nico Hines. Uh, but as they do every week, I'm sure the dogs will give more they can handle. But this is the biggest odds of the round with bluebet.com.au. A dollar twenty-five favourite they are at the Priz. Four dollars are the doggies, minus twelve and a half the line. So big odds there. <laughs> uh, we both got five last week. The two games we tipped opposite both came off, so it ended up cancelling each other out. You're on sixty-eight, I'm on sixty-three. And this week, the only one we've got difference is I've got the Knights, you've got the Roosters. Hopefully, like I said, add something to the charity account, but we'll see. And just a quick look at the odds for State of Origin while we're here. The Maroons are now $1.57. I think they were $1.60 when I first looked. $2.40 are the mm. Blues. The bluebet.com.au minus four and a half is the line for now. And interested to see how that shapes up coming closer to the game. And if anything happens with those players we talked about, Latrell, Murray, Martin, if anything happens there, I think it might blow it a little bit more. But mm. they're firming the Maroons. Well, so they should. Started out a little bit heading really, on. So like, <clears throat> if you're going to take everything into consideration, that's really stealing money, the price. Mm. Mm. The fact that. Irrespective of who we name there, our record's horrible. Sure is. I think we're... I think they said one from the last ten or two from the last ten at Suncorp. Hmm. Someone did send me a stat the other day when I posted up on Instagram, what do you think of these teams? Someone says, Freddie's never lost a game too. And I was like, <laughs> fucking hold on to that one for dear life. Let, let we can just grasp anything we can. Hold on. He's never, for as long as you know can. He's never lost a game too because he keeps losing game one. <laughs> he has to lose game two. I was just doing the two. Billy Madison. Cherish it. Hold it for as long as you can. Yeah. yeah. It was funny when I put that post up to see what people were thinking. They weren't too happy. It was just like, everyone was like, dear God, this is a miracle. <laughs> all, all the Blues fans like me, they're like, as soon as we lost game one, we're fucked. Yeah. <laughs> well, the stats actually like, support that notion. So Yeah, it really does. But anyway. Who knows? We'll be back on Sunday. We'll uh, we'll do a preview of Origin 2 and we'll review this short round 16. No shit chat tonight, mate. No. Oh, we can if you want. You got anything for us? Did you watch it this week? Did you do anything? What's new in your life? Nothing. Nothing. Nothing, <laughs> nothing eh? All the kids are sick, mate. Everyone's had COVID. It's just been an absolute pizzling. Everyone's been under the doona. I feel like since you've had a family, I'm just not capable of fucking getting sick anymore because I just come here once a week and pick up whatever little microbiomes or germs are going on and I reckon I'm just armoured. Mm, maybe. But it's disappointing because I used to not mind a sick day here or there. Like when you get the, the old cough and snivel and you go, I'm going to have a few days off here, but I reckon... Well, it hasn't got me. I've, I've been that's what I mean, though. Touch wood. You're getting bulletproofed. I spent a lot of time with you and the kids. I reckon I've just been getting mm. bulletproof for the last few years. Mate, I'm picking them all up on the front foot. Davey Warner style. I'm running down the pitch with my bat, trying to fucking mm. hit him into the crowd. Just trying to tonk everything. Any germ that you fucking get from your tribe, I'm just... I think you've been, like, pre-arming me mm. instead of me getting, you know, an old sneaky. 
I went and saw the doctor, mate, and I said I've got high blood pressure. <laughs> what for? Uh, you're stressed out, mate. No, nah, that's what she said. To me. <laughs> you're a school teacher, a football coach, and you've got three kids. And you got to listen to your brother for two hours so, every week, and you're like, Ugh. She goes, are you stressed? I said, I don't feel stressed. I feel fine. I don't feel... <laughs> she goes, you never come across as stressed. I, go, I feel no. fine. It's not in my... You should have said, it's love, have you ever seen a duck on the water, calm on the surface, kicking like mad under? Paddling. Like a volcano, calm on the outside, oh. ready to blow on the inside. Have you seen New South Wales Origin team? Have you seen the Gold Coast <laughs> Titans? Yeah. Have you ever coached a game of rugby league? Oh. Bring yeah. that fucking monitor and stick it on me at the start of the day and yeah. then in the game and then after. So I've got to go there tomorrow and when wear this monitor for 24 hours. That's going to be interesting. Oh, you got to like have it on you for the whole time? Yeah. Gotta go get it fitted in the morning and then. So how did this come about? Did you just get your blood pressure checked or yeah. did you have a test or something? She's like, your blood bro- test. No, I had. Or you went for a general health checkup? No, I took. Uh, I don't know, I took one of the kids and I was like, last time I saw our normal doctor, which was, I don't know, about a year ago, he was like, oh, your blood pressure's a bit high. Check it next time we come in. I'm like, all right, or whatever. Mm. And then it had been, that was last April. It's now whatever it is now. This is about a month ago. So it was about a year later. And they're like, oh, we better check your blood pressure because your last time you were here, it was high. Okay, like, yeah, righto. They're like, mate, it's through the roof. Then, so over the last week, I'm like, yeah, they said, oh, cut this out, cut that out, see how that impacts your blood pressure. And I went there today and it's fucking higher. So work that out. There you go. Oh, it's about to fucking explode. Yeah, your boom tickety is like oh, know, an oven yeah. potato ready so to pop. Look, we'll just stick you on this thing and away you go. Well, that's the nice. thing that kills me. A lot of people that know me, friends of the podcast, particularly close friends and relatives, mm-hmm. know that I shower about four or five times a day. She said, "Once you put this on, you cannot have a shower." I said, "Well, can you put it on at fucking midnight?" <laughs> <laughs> what's the latest we can put this she thing goes, on well, the latest we can put it on is 11.30 I'm like oh my god I'll be having a shower at 11.15 and I'll be sleeping on the lounge tomorrow just yeah. can't do it I've got footy training tomorrow night too so if it rains or if I get dirt on me anywhere I'm going to be freaking out I'll have, bit, to, I'll have to do a bloody you're a bit of a germaphobe I'll have to do a bloody pommy bath with a fucking washer or something Scrub myself down. It's funny how this all works, isn't it? Some people like that. Like, oh, I can't, mate. Are you you're a morning and a night shower? And a day shower. I'll have, I'll have three days at yeah, least. Yeah, day scrub. Yeah. Dear Lord. 100%. Mate, fucking trade you rolling out of bed at five in the morning. I don't shower in the morning. It's going to work because I know within 30 minutes I'm going to be filthy anyway. It's a waste yeah, of time. Yeah, usually if I've got, I'll get up, shower, go to work, come home, shower, go to training, come home, shower. Well, I usually get home in the Arvo and depending whether I'm going to train, exercise or do anything... I'll have a scrub, if not, within like probably the first hour, and that's me done. See, and if I'm at home, I'll wake up, shower, go for a run or a walk, shower, have a shower before I go to footy, and then have a shower when I get home from footy. There's four. You're fucked in the head, Max. <laughs> i tell you who you are, and he listens to this sometimes, and he, you've tweeted with him a few times. You're Burks. When I used to live with Burks in Canberra, he'd be like, fuck, just got to have a shower. But like, you got here like 10 minutes ago. He's not even in his house. You just grab a towel and go have a scrub. Yeah. But you have like three, four scrubs a day. I'm like, what are you yeah. doing? It's no good. Like we've we've been to training, or you got to go back to training, or you're going to do it's something. No He's just constantly having a rubber dub dub. It's yeah, like, quit. Mate, like I'm. If I'm, I'm dirty, I'm dirty. In there for maybe ninety seconds. That's it. If I'm, I'm dirty and I know yeah. I'm going to get dirty again, or something's going on, I'm like, fuck. I'm not a no. shit. I'm not a fan of stinky fucking people. 
Or dirty people. <laughs> well, or dirty, you, dirty broth. You one shouldn't... shower. If I have one shower, I feel like a fucking absolute piece of dirt. Like I said, I used to do morning shower like when I was at school or when I did like real estate because, again, you're putting a suit on. You want to be feeling fresh when you throw yeah. that on. Fresh but as. Being a trader, you're jumping in a fucking muddy hole or climbing up poles and doing all sorts of stuff and getting dirty within the first 30 minutes. When I wake up in the morning, it splashed the old face and that's about it. No well, point. I will say like Friday morning, I've got early captains run at Brookvale, 8 a.m. start, so I'll be up at 6. There'll mm. be no shower happening because my nah. wife will shoot me. I'm the night shower. It's a good, <clears> good feel. If I wake the kids up, that'll be the end of me. Nice and clean and relax for a few hours then get to bed. Get so to bed no clean. shower. The two things that I need in the morning, shower and a coffee, I'll get neither of them. Mm. So... Look oh. out, players on Friday morning. Coffee's I'll be coming in hot. Non-negotiable. Anyone wants to tread on my toes, they might get a little headbutt. Yeah, you gotta, <laughs> you gotta have the coffee. Gotta have the coffee, mate. When was all there? I caught up with a few mates yesterday, actually, on the Queen's birthday. I tried to give myself heart palpitations. I did set. I had a large cat with an extra shot, and then I had another large cat with an extra shot, and then I think I walked away for ten minutes to take a work call or something I can't fucking remember and I come back and my mate got me another one he got me a piccolo and I'm like what's this he goes it's just less milk and more coffee again so I'm like I've dead set pumped about piccolo. five piccolo that's bullshit that's what it is five shots in an hour <laughs> I went home and we sit there and I was just internally fucking combusting <clears throat> I was like oh there's a lot of caffeine on board so yeah Morgan Boyle like a couple of the boys Morgan Boyle loves he's a bit of a coffee connoisseur um, Aaron Woods is a bit of a coffee connoisseur yeah mate they um yeah they're None of them piccolo, man, I'll tell you. But you want, They're you talking to... about cutting. Like, apparently, all the dietitians say, yeah, you should cut your cut milk out of your coffee and cut milk out. Oh, how's fuck off, Sam? I'm like, yeah, I'm <laughs> that's me. You know, this, sounds like, this sounds like what I'm I went, not playing in an This also sounds like something. Canberra when like, you're on your diet and all oh, your fucking bullshit, and then Lee Woodbridge tells me, you got to have water with your protein. I'm like, no. Nah. He's like, well, that's the best way to have it. I'm like, mate, if you're going to make me take this fucking powder, I'm having milk. I'm having milk. I love milk. I like full cream milk. <laughs> when we go to the farm or both our names, you had full cream milk. There's no this bullshit fucking skim, yeah. oat, almond. And if anyone listen, if you're one of those weirdos that fucking has almond milk or something like that, well, you I got don't mind oat milk. I've got, I got a bit of oat milk in no, the cupboard. Just get it from the cow, mate. Full cream. That's how it was intended. I go, I, I go skim. I don't I'm even skim, like man. skim. Skim's the fucking devil. Full yeah. cream or none. No, I like, I like skim milk. And Nanny Nola used to go, it's fucking heavy. Can I have a glass of water? She'd be like, no, you got to have milk so you can grow. I'm like, I've had fucking four glasses of milk now. I'm going to have a glass of milk. I feel like I'm going to chuck. I'm going to roll over. <laughs> trying to kill me, lady? She's thick. It's like have a... some milk. You need to grow. I'm like, I don't think I need to grow anymore. That's why I've got a double calcified skull. Yeah. Have you seen my bonds? Mm. It's massive. Absolutely massive. That coffee, protein, chain, all the things in your life. Mm. Someone's like, ah, oh, change the milk. It's like, nah. Any movies this week? Movies. TV shows? Anything? Uh, well, it's not up your alley, but I've seen a short yesterday, actually, I'm interested in. Mm. It's like a docu-series on Arnold's life, and I was oh, old sportsy. My God. I loved it. And it had like... You fucking would watch the, the little short had the part about James Cameron and the Terminator. I'm like, I'm so down about oh, that. Oh, my God. Fuck, I love the Terminator. James Cameron. Is he the guy that did Titanic? Titanic, that, True Lies. True Lies with Arnie. That's a belter of a movie. Absolute dog shit. That's crazy. Anything with him. Avatar. Alright. Mate, he's had He's like the nineties Liam Neeson. He just Liam every Neeson. every movie's the same. Someone gets <laughs> Arnie's Avatar, like, I'm just Avatar and the Terminator <laughs> the same. Fucking 
And the Titanic. That's the dumbest thing you've ever seen. No, I said Arnie. Arnie. All of Arnie's ah. movies are the same, you dickhead. Arnie's great. Yeah. He threw in a few strange ones along the way. Yeah. Twins. Twins. Junior. Twins. I'm what your twin sh- brother, Julius. What a it was sh- not me. The pavement was his enemy. My God. The um actually the ringer did a rewatchables on Dumb and Dumber. I don't know. I listened to it. Yeah, it was Jennifer I, Lawrence. I, I haven't Jennifer listened Lawrence. to it yet, but it's good. I started last night, and fell asleep, so I was like, yeah. yeah Gets yeah. a bit weird near the end. How good am I going? But yeah, Jennifer Lawrence was on there. She's good, Val. I like it. The yeah. actor. I think she's funny. She's got a, a movie coming out. It looked pretty funny. Where she, I think some like rich family pays her to hang out with her son or. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Try and help I him, out, help him out in a certain life milestone. Oh yeah, she's quite funny. Um, NBA finished today too. Yeah, they got swept in, huh? No, four one, four one. Yeah, the Joker. The, uh, the Easy Celtics. Play. The Celtics. A season of what ish for the Celtics. I think the NFL ended. Uh, NHL ended today as well. Vegas won. Well, they dusted them already too. Yeah, I think they. I think that's all done and dusted. Two quick series. They're playing Florida, weren't they? Golden Knights, yeah, Florida. Well, this would be my nightmare if I was in America because baseball's fucking boring. There's yeah. nothing else on. Baseball's good. I heard it. Uh, I heard it listening to Lombardi, and he's like, you know, the the, 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 the off-season training program. It's it's about to end. Sorry, Vegas leads three-one. There you go. Well, Tomorrow, like, ten a.m. Their program's ending. Then they go on holiday. He's like, NBA's about to end. NHL is going to end. The only thing left is baseball. It's like this is a time where you start watching all the movies and reading your books and all that because there's just nothing on. Yeah. Well, there's not long until NFL preseason anyway. It's usually, yeah, my birthday, like early August. It's on. Yeah, I watch. I try to watch NFL live because I generally do enjoy it. But at the moment, they they're just grabbing at straws because there's obviously not much to talk about. Yeah. The biggest thing at the moment is D Hop and where he's going to go. What's he doing? They tried to redo the deal, maybe at Arizona, and then he saw what. Odell Beckham got and he was like hold my beer we're not redoing the deal so then they released him and then he's just taking a meeting with Tennessee and he's taking a meeting with the Patriots okay so who's going to throw in the ball at New England spaghetti arm well it doesn't matter because he doesn't get separation anyway he just wins contests with two on one so just chuck it up and let him go get it yeah but Chunk's going to have to get the ball to him Chunk. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Go with Zappy. Go with uh, Zappy. Barely no, no, Zappy. Fucking burn the Patriots. Hey, well, as bad as we were last year, we still managed to go 8 and 8, so I'll take that. Yeah. Consistency is the key. Yeah. 8 and 8. Yeah. What about you, blokes? You can't tackle. We saw. You're the Titans of the NFL. We All are. that attack, and we can't defend. Let's get another running back. <laughs> We've got four of them. We can't tackle, but we've we're got a tight win. end who's a wide receiver, but we don't care. Just okay. keep getting them. Yeah, great. Yeah. yeah, good. Who do you think's going to win that this year? You reckon? But Buffalo's sort of been the lingering NFL. pick yeah. for two years, and they've fallen over twice. But they've just gone out and signed. I think they've finally sorted out the running back thing. They got Damien Harris off us for like two million bucks. I'm like, that's a pretty simple mm. pickup. And they just signed uh, old mate from the Rams, Leonard Floyd. They need another pass rush to help Von Miller off the back of an ACL. So I think. Who did Kansas City beat in the Super Bowl this year? Bengals. No, Super Bowl. What NFC team made it through? That's how good I'm going. Actually, no, I'm thinking about the they AFC. They beat San Francisco. I'm thinking of the AFC Championship. What am I talking about? Who won the NFC? That's how good I'm going. You're telling me it was a shootout. Philly. Oh, yeah, Philly. Philly yeah, dominated I think, I think Philly will win it. Well, Philly, 
Philly solid, like went hard out on their D. Yeah, I think Philly will win it. But they lost a few on O, but then they went out and picked up a few running backs after Philly, letting Sanders go. For San Fran, Chiefs, yeah, Buffalo, Bengals, I think that'll be the five. Which I'm interested in what's Chiefs. Like, Chiefs didn't lose a lot. They lost Schuster, and they didn't want to. But they're even saying now that with the Hopkins market, like, he was obviously holding out a little bit, and then Buffalo were even interested. They reckon they're back in the mix now because the money and the visits. Lombardi said it again today. You don't start taking visits if you've got offers. He, he, you know, he he didn't get any offers, and he got released. (laughs) So I reckon Buffalo. Lombardi's a king. Chiefs, a few of them would be back in the mix. Uh, It'll be interesting to see where he lands. But he basically said, like, you know, he doesn't separate, but you throw it his way and he goes up and gets it, so. Yeah. But, yeah, he sort of brought the Chiefs up because apparently the, they were saying that they were really high on the Schuster thing and they were willing to go there, but they didn't have the cat room that the Patriots did. But in this situation, if his price is coming So Juju Smith-Schuster at the Patriots? Right? He went to the Patriots. Oh, my God. You're going to get him and D-Hop. Maybe. Mate, imagine if they actually got Brady some wide receivers when he, he was there, spent some money on him. He can come back now if he wants. Tommy. He's been linked to every other bloody job. They linked him to Miami. And then the when they were talking about this Garoppolo injury and him apparently not being ready to go potentially, and he's now a part owner in the Raiders, that Brady will play for the Raiders. I'm like, fucking hell. And he comes out of retirement again. <laughs> It'd be great. Takes out Garoppolo and just, goes, thumbs back, motherfucker. It. Wasn't it his, like it was his wife that was like, no, you're not playing, Tom? I don't understand why he stopped. Yeah, I thought he was yeah. still good last year. Yeah, I agree. I think the only thing that set him off the rail was obviously at the Keep end. Playing to him, 155 years old. Fuck yeah, why not? I'm He's still good. playing good. The year before, he was runner up in the MVP, and the yeah. only reason they weren't in the Super Bowl again is because their defense shit the bed. Yeah. They were leading that last drive. Yeah, I know. I'm with you. The um, that was when the Rams beat him, and yeah. the Rams went on and won it. Yeah, they had the lead, and yeah, then they, did. they threw a fucking long bomb. And their yeah. defense blew it. Yeah, yeah, blew it. Well, they're fucked now. They 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 pushed all in to yeah, win. They're, they're gone. They got a chip. They got their trophy. Now they got too. Baker Mayfield. <laughs> There's no, you don't see many Ram shirts or jerseys around. That was another one I heard. The other, he said a funny line the other week, Lombardi. They have him and Trask, and apparently they're hitting absolutely fucking nothing at training camp. They're just sitting there going, wow. Couldn't hit the side of a barn with <laughs> a handful of rice. That's right. They're throwing it everywhere, <laughs> and they're not hitting fuck There's all. fucking Basmati all over the ground. You know what really sums it up, though? Is it Devin White, the gun linebacker they drafted? Like, he won, signed a big deal. As soon as, like, shit's hit the fan, basically this preseason, he's like, I want out. Yeah, and I think right. they're like, no, nah, you're a good player. And he's still like, fuck this joint. Like, right. I want a ring, and I'm looking at it. I don't even care about the contract. This place is burning. The season hasn't yeah. even started, and I smell smoke. He wants out. <laughs> he's just <laughs> like, Brady's gone. We had a chance to go to another Super Bowl. I've got a ring already. So, in my, this early in his career, he's not even worried about the paycheck. Or he's like, fuck this. I'm still young and good. I, I want to go elsewhere. Fair enough, too. He's trying to do the Al Bundy. Probably the cricket. It's the other thing we could talk about. Well, test yeah, shooting. That fucking thing was on. It was unreal. Loved it. It was good. Nah. Scotty Boland just running a train on India. Surely he plays. Fuck, he can bowl that bloke. Because he, that was in England too, wasn't oh, it? God. Surely after yeah. watching that, they have to pick him. Well, I think Mitchell, the Stark, piece, huh? Mitchell Stark might get bye eyes. You reckon? Hazelwood's back in. Yeah, they're talking about who they'll drop. Fuck that. Just go all out pace I'll with the full piece. Green, Cummins... Boland, Hazelwood, and leave Stark out and play line. If it can't, we go the extra bowler because Green is the extra Stark, bat. Stark was bad. Cummins can bat too. Stark was bad, man. Cummins drop a bat? No. With the four piece and the reverse no. Cummins hasn't been batting well. Our tail hasn't been batting well at all, really. I'm not worried about the tail. I'm just looking at bowler to take thinking we could fucking eat the arse out of him, couldn't we, surely? Yeah, I don't know. You've got to have a spinner. I'm not saying drop him. I'm saying go the extra quick. 
Yeah, no, I wouldn't be doing like that. Because, like, green, I know, I know green counts that way, but... No. Play green. And we probably need the stick. No, you were off green. When we were at the, the CG, you weren't a fan at all. Yeah. Have you come around, have you? <laughs> it's fucking over. <laughs> eight months later. Come around at the time. He's horrible. I remember. I remember. I remember. Because he wasn't scoring runs. And he wasn't bowling well. I thought he was bowling right. Yeah. And he sticked that day with there. He got a 50. <laughs> It's not always an easy job. Who's that against England? In the last test of an Ashes that they'd already lost. The second last test, I think. Last. What are our chances here? Are they playing all right? They've been all going under that Baz ball since they hired uh, old mate from. I think, I think we'll win the Ashes. Well, you'd like to think so. Because it was uh, what's your bloody name? Who was the the gun Kiwi wicketkeeper? Brendan McCullum. Mm. He's their coach, is he? He's the English catch. They were calling it basketball and they taking risks in test matches and using quirky tactics and batting aggressively and all this sort of stuff. Okay, cool. I've seen articles people going on about basketball. I was like, all right. Yeah, it's just good to see India get beat. Yeah, true that. Because every time you go over there, they doctor their wickets. Yeah, they've also always got an excuse. I didn't even watch that thing, but they said that some player came out afterwards and questioned all the decisions. They're like, well, why is he getting fined? I'm like, well, the ICC... They did. Run they run find ball. him. Cool. Yeah. So they fucking should. Because Cameron Green took a catch and... There are a couple of stills where it showed part of the ball on the ground, but his finger was under the ball. I, like, I thought it was a catch, but what would I fucking well, I didn't even watch it, so... You didn't even know it was on? Nah. Oh, I'd heard, actually, I'd, I lie. I've heard on the radio they kept saying it. But they no, I, was watching, I was watching it every night. It was unreal. I was saying about eight weeks ago. I'm like, when the fuck is this thing? Yeah. Well, so the Ash, I think the Ashes starts, like, this week, I think. Well, all I know is it'd be great to be Have you started there. Ted Lasso yet? No. Nah. Wanker. But I went to a test match when I was in England. 16th of June. When's that? Three Friday days Friday 16th of June. Today is the 13th. Jesus. Where's the first Friday test? Friday the 16th of June. There you go. At 8 o'clock. Yeah, do you know where it is? Which... No, no idea. Hang on. I went to the Oval in 2016. And if that's anything to go by, just atmosphere. That was day four. Of a test against Pakistan where they were getting pumped. Jeez, and they were, that's, I haven't heard anything about the Ashes, really. Nope. They were still singing and mm. drinking and partying, and I was like, this is awesome. So I could only imagine how good an Ashes would be. Because mm. if they're doing that for a losing test against Pakistan. Edge Baston? Edge Baston. Edge Baston. Wants to play with a Bassa style of play. Edge Baston, then to Lords, it looks what like. What about that, just quietly? I know you probably don't give two fucks, but Pep Guardiola. Did the treble. Yeah, I saw that. Champions League, the FA, and the uh, the Premier League. Premiership. Because he brought a Barca style of play. Good on him. Well, it's, you know, Good you, on him, you'd man. expect him to be winning trophies with the money they spend, but doing the treble, that's hefty. Very it's, hefty. Uh, yeah. Edgbaston, Lords, Headingley, Old Trafford, and the Oval. And speaking of that, even though I don't really give two fucks about the Premier League, Postacoglu, Tottenham. It's unreal. Big deal. It's massive for... Real big deal. Um, massive for Australia. Volatile club. Don't know how it's going to work out, but I hope it works Jeez, out Jesus, it's a short... It's a five-match series, and the last test match is finished on the 31st of July. That's a quick... Quick turnaround. That's... Yeah, very short. I thought they only do a couple of days between years anyway. Five, five days, twenty potentially 25 days, so there's almost a month in itself. That's what I'm saying. And then only... Seems yeah. Two, three days in between. It's because they... Um, yeah, wow, it is, yeah. It's an easy, test, it's, you, gotta, you also got to understand it's easy travelling over there yeah. compared to here. Yeah, I get that. Doesn't mean the fucking workload's any less. Nah. 
16th of June to the 31st of July. Wow. Okay. Well, technically, if we're the World Test Champions, shouldn't that mean we win the Ashes? Six weeks. Well, we should, yeah. We should. Didn't we draw over there last time? Was it a drawn series? No, isn't that the one where Langer took us over and we won? Okay. Maybe it was time before that. Ashes series. And the players knifed him? That was here yeah. in Australia. Yeah, no, but I'm pretty sure we won that. Too. <laughs> Him with the crazy eyes. Uh, they fucking scared you, Jail. Yeah. He's yeah. fucking looking at Uzi. I respect Uzi. I'm like, you should, because he's the only one with any balls. All the rest of them fucking scared So 21 22, England in Australia, 4 0 Australia. England in Australia and England, 2019 was drawn. The Ashes, England and Australia, we won 4 0. So we won the last two series in we're, Australia. We retained, though, didn't we? Because we had the draw. Isn't that the point? We retained in in England, yes, yeah, we retained. That but we doc, didn't win it. Yeah, but that doco, they were like, we retained we from the draw. They didn't win it. They were like, we won. So like, we haven't won in England. Australia and England. Australia and England. Australia and England. Australia haven't won in England, according to this, since 2001. Australia and England. Isn't Australia retaining England. the same as winning? Or Australia they count it? England. Australia and England. Australia, like, yeah, re- drawn. So we've drawn. That's mm. the best result we've had in England since 2001. Well, that was one I remember in the docker. Well, because they're all I didn't realise our record was that bad. Well, with the bowlers we've got now, surely, and the four piece they've talked about the whole time will be good. Hopefully. Well, you'd like to think so. Scotty B and the way he gets the ball to move. Give him the Duke. Give him the four piecer. Let him get it darting around everywhere. Oh, yes. All right, I want to go to bed. It's almost midnight. Yeah. Let's do this. You got any last recommendations? Are you watching anything? No. I haven't watched anything, no. Well, there you go. I haven't watched anything. I started to watch the new Power, like the Power, the one that you've obviously watched, the Tommy one. That's great. I love Tommy. Yeah. Otherwise, no, not a lot. When the kids are here and they're sick and there's just not much that happens. Kid shows. You're watching Bluey and all these fantastic Bluey things. and Paw Patrol and Gabby's Dollhouse. I was singing that at work the other day and a bloke looked at me and goes, what are you singing? I'm like, because my brother's got kids. That's some of these things get stuck in my head. Yeah. I was walking around going, Paw Patrol, Paw Patrol, be there on the devil. He's like, what the fuck is that? I was like, yeah. Yeah. Did yeah. my head. Did my head. All right, let's wrap it up. Big thanks to Sinclair Hyundai Penrith the Penrith Solar Centre and bluebet.com.au. If you can have a bet with anyone, do it with the True Blue Bookie. Hopefully win for the charity account this week. But remember for yourself, what are you really gambling with? For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Boxhead, where's your game on the weekend? That'll finish us up. Saturday, Come back. Saturday, pre the NRL game. Yep. Uh, and I'm good. back commentating this week. I think the draw come out today. I think it might be Cabra St. Crucis, maybe. Mm. That'll be 5 p.m. as well. Is say. that at Cabramatta? No. I, think I was going to say, Jersey Flager at Cabramatta. I think it's at the other one. Manly Para. I, I, the first game I called at Cabra when they played when it was at Cabra. And it was beautiful weather. Then I rolled up and a mass thunderstorm rolled through. And that Cabra's, stopped the game. Yeah, I don't mind Cabra. Field was good. Yeah. Random spot when I was driving there, I was like, fuck, I can't remember coming here. I haven't been there oh, since yeah. like junior reps or school. Yeah, we'll see. All 
so it was playing for power that's where we always used to play mm. well it came out of nowhere like I said I was driving I was like where am I it was like residential streets and all like, yeah. tucked away yeah, and then next minute there's like a club and yeah. the field but nah mm. uh, like I said been a good comp so far everyone got a week off for the Queen's birthday which is probably good timing because a lot of the teams have been calling have all been playing mats and development squads and schoolboy football so there's a lot of injuries they even pause the they pause Massey and Shield for Mm. Well, for these kids, I understand because a lot of the last few weeks, all the coaches I've been talking to, there's been a lot of injuries. Yeah, well, I get it. But I said that to them, like from Mats to now, they've been going since October, and then they've gone straight into club footy, schoolboy cup. Like a lot of them are playing schoolboy footy as well, mm. so they're playing two games a week and training still. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's a big too toll. much rugby league is never enough mm. but until you blow an ACL as a sixteen year old. Exactly. Um, you don't need that in your life. So hopefully, off the back of this boy. A couple of weeks off, a few of the teams uh, reload. Mm. So looking forward to it. But there you go. Everybody out there, we'll be back on Sunday. We'll review the shortened round and we'll preview Origin Game 2. But for now, enjoy your week and enjoy your rugby league. Bring it on. Give us more. Give us more. Where are you going? Where are you, what, 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 what's going on here? Is that it? Is that it? <laughs>